Bada bing, bada boom, bada bada da. We got a cub in the house. What's up, everybody? Um, it's your boy, Coleman McAllister. Um, doing an intro per usual for the episode today. Like I said, with Cub. Um, little little PSA before we start. A little word of advice. Um, if you're going to have a dog come to your house for dog sitting, um, make sure that there is clear communication with, um, an understanding with how the dog both behaves. Um, and I would recommend like a trial run, like a night trial run before committing to a week. Um, yeah, we got this, we got this fucking dog. It's the fucking, um, it's the shaggy dog breed, I believe. Not technically, but close enough. Um, and this fucking thing, oh my god. Destroyed my incense holder, destroyed Molly's poster, um, tore apart my yoga mat. Not to a point where it's ruining it, but it doesn't look good. Um, I'll probably still have to get a new one at some point. So, uh, PSA people, um, be careful. Be careful about the dogs that you have on, that you have, uh, come to your crib. Be careful. It's a crib. It's your sanctuary, you know? Um, no, but today we had, like I said, we had Caban, uh, really, really interesting person. Um, he had kind of, I feel like I could relate to him kind of his background. Um, you know, I got the sense that he was a very, you know, uh, you know, he's homeschooled and he had that very central religious, um, aspect to him. And I could relate to that a lot. Um, just my upbringing. And I, I thought he had a lot to say. I thought he was really smart. We talked about a lot of different stuff. We went way longer than I thought we would. Um, I like talking about NFTs and Bitcoins. I fucking, oh gosh, that's like the kind of nerd shit that I listen to on my own. But like, you know, I don't really ever want to talk about that anyone. So it was really nice to talk about that. Um, you know, we talked about racial violence, um, little bit talked about that that horrible thing that happened like a month ago where the uh memorial for the missing black children got burned down by some crazy fuckers um yeah so i guess without further ado here's the episode enjoy slight note while i'm editing this i realized that i started out in the beginning referring to him as a podcaster um at this time currently recording this episode he's not podcaster yet He's a hip-hop artist. We actually talk about the end, how he should be one, but I just wanted to make that amendment because right off the fucking bat, I'd say that he's a podcaster. And, uh, that is incorrect. So enjoy the episode, everybody. Hello, everybody. You're watching slash listening to the Calster Hours. I'm your host, Coleman Calster. Um, very special episode today. We're joined by Cub, um, local Iowa Midwest um, podcaster. You're located in Ames, is that correct? Yes. Um, I've been listening to your music for probably about a year and a half now. Um, I've always really liked what you do. You have, um, you know, you got fire bars. You have, you're very articulate, um, and you tell a story. Um, so I've, I've always really wanted to have you on. Honestly, I was kind of, it was kind of like in the early stages when I um, heard of you and I didn't really know how to reach out. You kind of, you know, my yeah. just kind of lost in the mix, but for sure. Um, glad to have you on today, man. How you doing? Man, I appreciate all that. Thank you. Uh, I'm doing well, having a good time. Um, and yes, I know it's been, this has been a long time coming, so I'm glad that we're able to get everything synced up to make this happen. I love 
talking, so this is a, <laughs> this is a good setting for me, definitely. <laughs> well, uh, you know, in your music, you have a lot to say, so I try, it, it's yeah. always a good, uh, I always, you know, I guess it's kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes rappers, you get them on, they just can't talk, but, uh, you know, usually... You know, if you can spit some bars, you have a lot to say. So yeah, I think they kind of they can go hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, sure. So uh, you kind of like I was saying before, you kind of have mentioned some of these questions in the um, Funky Flex interview. But uh, what what were some of your origins of your name and uh, what's your background? How did you all get into what you're doing now? Yes, that is. Uh, so then, yeah, what's a good spot oh, right yeah. here? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So for the name that. My, my family's honestly was calling me Cub when I was very little, so I've been Cub for a long time. And then uh, when I was young, like, I listened to a lot of DMX and a lot of Jay-Z, oh, yeah. and I really liked how... Rest like, in peace, by the way. Rest in peace, man. I had it, yeah. I had to make a post on the gram for him, but that was, like, the DMX was the first... I think I was, like, seven or eight years old, and my parents got me this edited DMX CD. My dad did. So it was a DMX, and then there was X. It was dropped in 2001, but instead of any cussing, it would just be dog noises. <laughs> it was literally just... <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, half of the lyrics. So that's half how I learned, like, how hip-hop works. And I, so for the name, uh, as far as, like, choosing it as the name I released music under, um, it was a no-brainer because it was already there, and I like to kind of... I like to make it a... Uh, an acronym and make so I could be all capital so mm. um, as far as how I got into music it was really in my family as well like my uncle um, did a lot of Christian hip-hop actually that oh, was okay. like his genre and um, we were always listening to a lot of different musical um, inspirations my dad and, and uncles were in a band called excellent DVD where they were doing it was kind of like a, a metal hip-hop clash almost like pod or rage against the machine oh tight, um, tight. and they're they're from southern california so they were influenced a lot by that sound and like the rock and roll sounds that are coming out of there so growing up i actually listened to a lot of like rock and a lot of we had like some funk compilation cds and a lot of a lot of christian and gospel music um a lot of casting casting crows or casting crowns whatever that band's called um and like pod and creed um, but then also, like, my uncle's rap CDs. Toby Mac was a Christian rapper we listened to a lot um, earlier on. And then that morphed more into DMX and Jay-Z. Um, that's then, quite a, Sorry, not to interrupt, but that's yeah. quite a jump. Uh, Christian <laughs> hip-hop. To- yeah, <laughs> and let me tell you, that, that jump has been met with, like, a lot a lot of happenings. Uh, but musically, that, that was always there. My, my grandma sang, um, she was an opera operatically trained and my grandpa sang in, in churches his own life so on my dad's side there's a lot of music um and so that was kind of always in the house and i i love to write from a young age like i love to read and and then that that turned into a love to write um so it started out with poetry of just like writing about where i was and what i was looking at and once i realized um once i found hip-hop it was like wait just a minute like these are people who are writing complex poems and putting it to music and you can feel it and it felt like the ultimate form of poetry to me and so since then it's been always looking for some new hip-hop to to grow from because i really love the genre um a lot so fuck yeah that's kind of a nutshell <laughs> no uh, hip-hop is great man uh there's so many different things you can do with it. And when I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned poetry because I'm like, you know, you have some of those intros and you can just tell that you have a very poetic sense of you. Um, have you ever heard of Hobbs? 
Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obs has had me out to perform. Oh, or yeah. to do like I do. I've done stand-up poetry out there with Obs. Oh, okay. Been cool, at, cool. At some of the battles that he's... Have you been, been to any of his battles? I have not been to any of his battles, no. no. Yeah, I did see a cool. clip he of it. He does this thing, yeah. Obs is, yeah. I, I love how he is... He's really unapologetically poetic. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he very much owns up and, like states that is like that's his that's the way he communicates that's the way he expresses himself but he's able to take it into so many different avenues and spaces um and obs is who we're talking about for those who don't know coming out of the quad cities yep he's a poet he's a rapper you should look him up i think his instagram is probably like yeah uh poetic obs yeah we've had him on the show yeah just check back on that episode because He's worth looking up for sure. He's that man. I swear, he's like one of the smartest people I've ever met. Ten thousand percent. Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess what I'm what I'm saying is like you know, there's definitely a correlation between poetry and hip hop. That's really cool that oh, yeah. you uh, actually like know him that way too. Oh yeah, no, Hobbs is the man. Yeah, he's I, I love Hobbs. I, mean, I haven't seen him for a while, but I need to tap back in with him. Hell yeah, very smart. Uh, and like you said, very unapologetic. Like yeah. you know his opinions and what he thinks about you know whatever he does not give a fuck. He doesn't. <laughs> and you can't. You really exactly. can't. Well, yeah. If you really you know if you want to do something like this or if you want to you know be, or you know be a rapper if you really want to be a rapper you gotta be able to express yourself you know. Right. If you yeah if you really want to be in tap with life like you gotta express yourself whatever it is whatever yeah. it is for sure. Uh, you know mentioning all like you know how you listen to, like dmx censored and like you kind of came from like um christian hip-hop beginnings which i'm not really personally familiar with but we were talking i grew up in orange city so i definitely yeah um you know knew There's about the, it this circle, yeah yeah um and you know kind of listening to your music too i don't really notice a lot of cursing like do you have like an opinion like do you try to stay away from cursing or how do you feel about all that that's a good question um yeah, so growing up, I didn't curse, and, like, I thought cursing was the worst. I grew up in a, oh, really? a, a very, like, religious family, and I really bought into into how that was presented to me. Um, I was homeschooled till eighth grade and kind of, like, had limited oh, exposure wow, really? to some of that. Yeah, limited yeah. exposure to some of that, like, cultural elements or even a lot of contemporary music. Like, we didn't listen to, like, pop radio until I was, like, I remember it was when the Black Eyed Peas owned the summer airwaves and dropped like boom boom pow and mm. meet me halfway and all yeah, those yeah. classics uh from our youth um that was like before that like we weren't even listening to like kiss on the radio like kiss 107 so we were listening to like some hard rock and some hip-hop but there's other stuff that we kind of couldn't and didn't listen to and that definitely shaped uh, my upbringing in high school and, and then college uh more recently um you know, I was able to kind of step away and grow and make my own decisions. Um, and that kind of expressed itself in the, the language that I chose as well. So I do still custom my music. Um, and I think that, like, there's some stuff you really can't say without cussing. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> there's really just no way to, to get around it. Um, at this, So, yeah, I think that's that's obviously the main frame i'm coming from it's just that like in my language or in the way that i normally talk i like to you know pick a lot of words Hmm. into the bouquet if that makes sense so so do you do you feel like you experienced a lot of censorship growing up um i would say kind of self-censorship in a way Hmm. i think that okay i think that it was really more just like buying into what was being taught or what was being taught (laughs) (laughs) really kind of buying into um these ideas of of what like what life's supposed to look like and kind of having this just clean like clean outlook i think um 
Hmm. Maybe so. Maybe not censored, but like not not willing to give my space myself the space to kind of delve into those darker areas or those deeper topics and those things that people don't like to talk about, you know. And so, I think that once I learned that, you know, that's part of life as well. And there's none of the, none of the life doesn't exist in a vacuum. Life doesn't exist in black or white. It you know it's it's right in between. It's it, mm. life is pretty gray. It, not in a bad way necessarily, but just. Uh, as I've had sp- space and time to expand, you know, I've, I think that's kind of, um, shown up in my music and, and yeah, in, in my outlook. So I wouldn't say censored necessarily, but definitely like a lot of questions okay. I was asking myself. Yeah. No, no. I mean, and, and that's good. And that's probably honestly kind of the opposite sense, you know, in a yeah. way, like I, um, I guess I was just curious because, uh, um, I grew up in a very censored environment myself. Yeah. So um, I was I was always kind of on the opposite. I was always trying to like find the, you know, kind of you talk about self centering. I was kind of the opposite. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. It was, and that definitely played a factor. Like, um, that definitely did. But it was it was it was definitely you know a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so what age exactly did you like get into hip hop and how old are you now? How long have you been doing it? Yeah, so I'm 23 now. Um, I started listening to hip hop. Oh, wow. I you're young. 23. Like seven or eight. I'm 23, yeah. Damn. I, I mean, I feel. I'm not, I'm not old, but I'll be feeling a bit older than last year at least. <laughs> but um, I would say probably started listening more closely to hip-hop when i was like seven or eight like pre- i think when i started paying attention more to what was going on as far as like specific songs not like the bigger culture mm-hmm. but i started writing and like recording stuff i think when i was 13 and it was oh, okay. me me and my cousin uh my cousin skip uh, he doesn't even he doesn't go by skip he goes by his name is noah he goes by baby moses look him up on soundcloud too baby moses will he produces all his own stuff and puts his own lyrics over in a way that you've never heard before like it sounds like like hip-hop music from space or from just for aliens and he's the best kept secret so i'll give you some info on him too at soundcloud is baby moses but he and i he's a, a two years younger than me one year younger than me. He's close in age to me, and um, one year, and so we kind of both started writing. Like I'm, I think I, I was, I started writing first, but then when he started doing it, he put such a different type of focus on it that it was like, oh, like now, like if I wanna, if if I really wanna say that this is something I'm doing, like I have to at least try to keep up with this kid because he he just like he 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 has like the most singular focus and when you put that on hip-hop it really it's still mm. there for him um so i kind of had someone pushing me at the beginning and then we were also putting songs together um together and so it was fun like we went to our uncle's house to record and then we got i had just like a sure microphone with a i think it was the avid mbox mini plug-in usb plug-in and i had no pop filter and I would literally just, I'd find beats on YouTube, I'd download them, and then I would try to do a one take. Like, I would do, I'd try to do a whole song with one take because I didn't know how to edit. And I did not trust myself to, like, go back and fix my mistakes. So I was like, I got to get it right on the first try. So I would just be in my basement going over and over. Uh, and always, like, in my notebook in school, it was kind of like a place I'd go to to kind of process what I was going through, you know, as a yeah. teenager. Um and so 
it was in those teen years that it really started to be something that I like to invest in, to, inv- to invest time in. Fuck yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, describing that, you know, early recording process, that's really the way to, you know, develop skill. Uh, when, right. I, when I listen to your stuff, like, I... <clears throat> You know, I'm surprised that you say you're 23. Like, I would have guessed that you're much older based on, you know, the both, you know, the wordplay that you use and how things are rhyming. But, like, also, you're like, um, what was the song? Dangerous. Like, there are certain parts in that song that have, uh, you know, very obvious different tone changes. Like, yeah. you can tell you're putting more energy in this one part and then you're kind of pulling back on this part, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess there's a lot of people that I know that kind of rap, they'll do like the clips. They'll be like, they'll do a bar, and then they'll be done. They'll do another yeah. bar, and they're done. Like, I, not knocking anyone for doing that, but, like, I truly, I'm, I'm really old school in the way that I think, like, you just need to be able to, like, do it all. Maybe if you do the verse, like, in, you know, one or two parts, that's one thing. But, yeah. like, you you definitely need to have that base of, like, I got this all down. 100%. Like, um, I think any, anything that you want to do or anything that, that, expresses you anything that you're putting your heart into you know you have to be organic with that and let that mm-hmm. grow or, or shrink whenever it's supposed to and i think that um yeah you just kind of gotta let your sound be whatever it is I yeah yeah well i mean I, I i think it's i mean i think it's inarguable that the best sound is the honest and you know what comes yes, from you, you i know? think yeah i think that w- when you yeah tapping into tapping into that when when it can kind of be a conduit just directly to however it is you're feeling about life is whatever comes out of that process is always something special for sure hell yeah hell yeah oh uh, well hey man what you do is really special so it's oh, awesome. awesome no i mean really like i i know i'm kind of like you know giving you a lot of spotlight here but like i remember like when i was first discovering people in the area i was like damn this guy like Really and you're on episode 79, so you're just <laughs> like I'm, I want to talk to you about that and what that's been like. But yeah. hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, but Once I, we get there, yeah, 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 yeah you're good. Uh, first though, I, I'm curious, what's your what's your writing process? Like, do you write anything out? Do you freestyle? See, look, you're asking the right questions because this is something <laughs> I've honestly been um, not struggling with, but kind of juggling with more. So, the music that is out right now. Do you listen to me on SoundCloud and Spotify? You know, I, it's funny. I actually just discovered you on SoundCloud okay. today. Okay, there, there's Spotify. a few extra songs on the SoundCloud. So you can look at that and, and see kind of what those are like. But mostly for what's on Spotify and what's on SoundCloud, it would be finding a beat that I liked. Usually it's like a spark of inspiration where you get like the first lines and then from there just kind of painting out the rest of that picture is I guess how I would look at it. So the process was usually on my iPhone. Um a mixture of typing words and like speaking it into it so i'd remember how it sounds okay and then going to the studio and doing that um i was able to get good at that process so like i'd get when i was working with this producer gorilla shout out gorilla he's out in uh california right now but oh, he, he no was way. living in ames recently he's someone you should definitely connect with we'll talk Hell yeah. um but we kind of got into a rhythm where he just he he makes just he made fire beats and he would just go through and pick one of his hundreds of beats put it on and you know i get a little uh, like you it just takes like the whisper of a song and then from there it kind of opens up and you're able to mess around with it so i was able to kind of get to a point where in like an hour like we we could have a song we'd go through do one part but um recently i've been recording with my man joe fay street mike not street mike anymore just a joe fay he's down in des moines gotta connect he's here in des moines yeah you gotta connect with him he lives in in west des moines specifically 
Um, but he really encouraged me to trust that organic sound and to really stress less on what the output is like mm. and really focus on being in the moment with the microphone and just um, letting that flow be. And so I have been experimenting with freestyles. And so I actually have a song dropping on August 20th called Centipede that was a freestyle. So oh. it is... Um, I I found like some loops I liked, put it together, produced the beat with, and then a Joe Fay came through and added some hard, much harder drums, um, and we recorded it. I recorded it in my place, and then he he mixed and mastered it, and um, it's really like you can hear. It's really music that kind of lives on its own. I'd say it, it's like it feels organic. Um, it kind of it's a it's messier, I guess. It, mm. it has room to be messier, like the. The bars aren't as tight. The there's there's parts where you you might even catch like a slip up or an extra breath or something like that. But I think I really just wanted to be more transparent in the way that it. I guess what it's like to to have a conversation with me. I, I think that I, I've started to kind of be less like, oh, here I am, I'm rapping now. Let me do this and this and this and more. Just like, hey, my name's Cub or Caleb. That's my that's what you know my given name is and. Like, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm seeing. So kind of making it a bit more conversational. Hell yeah. Um, no, I think, like, doing it that free-form, authentic way is the way to go. And I think a lot of people get scared. Of, you know, like, kind of we are talking before, like, clipping. Yeah. Like, people get scared of that. And, like, they, they're they not able to realize that they're going to sound... They're probably going to sound like crap for a couple of years. It, yeah, and, and it's definitely, like... <laughs> it's definitely, like... Especially when, when you have, like, a song and, and you've, you've gone through the work and you prepared it and you've gotten the bars how you want them it's definitely like you're going to go through and there'll be parts where you can you can cut and you can stop and edit but a lot yeah you you can tell when people are like on the same flow and they're punching in sometimes mm -hmm. and that's that's sometimes when it's when it can be more of a hassle but yeah you know it's one of my pet peeves with juice world great like oh man great Juicy, artist yeah. rest in peace but like you you hear a song and you just you can tell they clipped man but you know? the the thing though is that he was freestyling like Mm, he, yeah, he, would, he would even like they were punching in but it is you know i definitely i i definitely look at like any type of editing process like it's just a paintbrush so just like i wouldn't just like picasso could paint how he paints and dolly or you know, dolly painted or frida's painting how she painted like they're they're still doing their own thing i think the mm -hmm. juice he was he would freestyle he would just like he would punch in. That's kind. Of, that's how Lil Wayne records too, where he goes. Yeah, yeah Like true. he just punches in, and he'll do like a couple bars, and then he'll stop, and he'll go just pull it back. And so, that's really some of the guys who really like they can pull out any type of heat at any point, yeah. and that's a whole different type of ability. When you can like make chart toppers just in your hotel room, like off the top of your head, that's a different type of insight and ability. And Juice was definitely successfully one of the one of the best to showcase that style. Yeah, no, and you know, no shit on Juice. Like what he did was, you know, groundbreaking, and yeah. like he he really redefined the game his own way. And like in like what you said, like in terms of like what that kind of method is, like he really is like the best, arguably. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and just yeah, and and that method is yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's legit. It, it, yeah, you, it's it just it's talent and practice that can get you there because that that is not something you can replicate. You know. No, no. Well, you know, that's kind of the thing about it, too, is, like, you know, you think about, it's like, rock bands, like Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, you know, the Beatles, you know, they did all their stuff 
in that method. So it's yeah. not really that far of a stretch. Yeah, it's like jazz versus rock. Exactly, because you know? it's 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 unrehearsed. Like you're, mm-hmm. and like you said, jazz is a great comparison where. You know, jazz, you know, where musicians, they might all start at the same place and they might end at the same place, but in the middle, they're going all over the place. And that's part of like the dance that does take place. So I think that, you know, hip hop being an outpouring of that culture and uh, a continuation, if you, you know, if you connect the dots to, to everything leads back to jazz. So um, I think, I feel like we'll see a lot more kind of experimentation in freeform music. And I think a lot of people are, I think we'll break out of the intro, uh, intro verse, chorus, verse, hook, cor- or uh, bridge, hook. Like, I think there's going to be more creativity yeah. in how songs are structured. Well, uh, you know, people like Ken Lamar and J. Cole, like they, you know, they kind of step outside those, like Kendrick especially, like he'll just go yeah, for however Kendrick long especially. it doesn't even, you know. Like, so I, I think that is, you know, that is coming to fruition. Okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, personally, you know, talking about the jazz, every time I make beats, I always use jazz records. Like, I yeah. always find the best samples for that. There's always, and that's, you know, another great thing about Ken Lamar is, like, jazz is a huge part of uh, of his music. Yeah, no, you can hear Kendrick's, uh, Kendrick's production really living in there, everything that Ali does out there. And the entire TDE family that works mm. to put those sounds together. But Kendrick has definitely showcased how you can um, talk about what's happening, but really pay homage in the music itself. Like the samples that he, that, that he's choosing and the way that he's using them in the songs and um, really should bring attention on those, um, especially like black musicians and black people in the community who came before and who paved the way for him to be, you know, where he's at and for us to be at this table talking about it and just understanding like jazz is jazz, especially like that's one of the U.S.'s greatest exports. Like jazz literally took this country through the 20s up to like, mm-hmm. and it was it was an economic engine and it was an engine especially for, of empowerment for black musicians who didn't have those opportunities uh in other places and it's something that has you know was built by black people and so i think that he hip-hop has kind of been a continuation of that that black ethos of um musicality and and the music that does live in 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 the culture and i love how Ken, yeah how kendrick does it and how he gets Pulitzers for it. <laughs> like that's crazy. Fuck yeah. What do you what do you think uh what do you think Ken Lamar is doing right now? Do you think he is grinding on new album or do you think he's taking a little hiatus? I'm curious what your I think thoughts you know, are on that. I think he's probably doing both. If he is hmm. on hiatus then it's probably you know, it's part of the process for making an album, you gotta rest. Yeah. Uh, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't criticize him for that at all. Yeah, he's, he's and, great. And even not resting, I'm sure like Kendrick could go to the Yeah. Kendrick, I'm, uh, I can't imagine how many albums he has. Oh, just that he sort could, of yeah, uh, and not even story, probably like record, mixed, and mastered. That he mm. could, I, I would assume, like the. Not, I, I wouldn't even assume, but eventually, with someone of his caliber and at his point in his career, he's got thousands. He, I would, ha- I would assume, he'd have to have thousands of songs recorded and ready. And yeah. so, it's just a matter of what he wants to say right now. And I think that. If you, yeah, if you, I trust his his process. So if he wanted to say something right now, he definitely would. I think he's probably probably making investments right now. You know, he's probably making a lot of moves. I hope he's making, you know, buying back blocks. I hope that he's mm. making international moves and and really 
stretching himself and TDE and his own like legacy as far as it can mm-hmm. be in whatever way that looks like. I hope he's wrestling too. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, he did so much in that what span of like five years, 2012, 2017. Yeah. yeah fucking deserves it. Yeah. No, he just, yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of like Mac. <clears throat> Mac Miller. Uh, he still has stuff coming. I was on YouTube today and there was like another Mac Miller song that just came out. Oh, you know, yeah. That mother- no, they'll, these estates can live forever. <laughs> like, this music can live forever. Now that you add like NFTs into the mix and now people oh, can own, you can own someone's song. You could literally <laughs> own the own, like, the one a digital version of a Kendrick Lamar song. How much could that go for? Like, there's there's whole new frontiers of money being made in this culture, um, specifically with music in mind. And yeah, people like Mac, people like Kendrick, who have put in all like they they have just tons of songs, and they're still they're as high quality as the other ones. You know, there's such a big system for deciding what gets released and what gets approved and what samples get cleared that a lot of a lot of fire songs are still in the vault. And so I think that as Artists keep finding, or there's newer and newer opportunities for artists to cash in on that. Mm. That music is gonna keep on coming. Probably new little peep songs. Probably new extra track songs. Do you think the Do you think the NFTs is gonna be like Bitcoin? Like, if there's gonna be like a graph and people are gonna be like charting it. Like, how much is the NFT? Like, what? Yes. what uh, I mean, it's <laughs> how many different songs are they putting out? You know? Yeah. No. No. A hundred. A hundred percent. Um. There's already like major art houses that have done like giant NFT sales for you know millions. Of, I want to say they cracked hundreds of millions um, for that Beeple NFT, but it is, yeah, it's it's just going to be another addition to the fine art canon or the art canon. So just like you would pay however much for a Picasso, you you pay as much, you know, that much for a Kendrick Lamar. So whatever tools are to track those prices, I think will just be applied to the NFTs because it's just, uh, it's still culture, it's still art. Um, just like a painting, like it only has value because we say it has. Otherwise, you know, what is it? And so it's the same way with digital things. And I think that as like virtual technology gets realer and you can like hold your NFT in your hand in like a virtual world, I think that, yeah, that <laughs> they're definitely here to stay. And that I think huh. that, that money is going to keep going up. That's an interesting perspective. Oh, yeah. No, I'm... Uh, I'm, I I released some NFTs recently. Actually. Oh really? No yes, way! Yes, yes. <laughs> so I have the Lonely Grave NFTs are available at LonelyGrave.com. So check that out. Um, we gotta get on that, Molly. NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying. I'm trying to learn myself. Um, but people like I I've seen I follow people on Twitter who literally blew up overnight and made millions of dollars off of digital drawing. And so it's like there's money to be made right now. And so I only see that increasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. You know, you talk about the value of art. Have you heard of uh, uh, Banksy? Of course. Yeah. Have you, have you, did you see his recent uh, the self this the look that up, Molly? Please. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to ask nicely this time. <laughs> uh, Banksy. Uh, it's the one that like destroyed. Like they bought it and it like shredded in front of their eyes. Oh wow. You haven't seen this? I have oh, not God. seen this. This shit's insane. They, so they bought this. So, yeah, so somebody bought, like, spent, like, they, millions they of dollars. Of yeah, click that, click that. Let's watch. What? This was three years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, For a record $1.4 million, did the picture start to slip out of its frame into shit? How much did they say? $15 million? The anonymous artist what? claims to be behind the stuff. Oh, $1.4 million. On Instagram, he posted a photo That's of amazing. his prank with the caption, Anarchy, man. Going, Complete going, anarchy. Gone. <laughs> 
Right. In a later you know, book, I, he at least partial anarchy because he's. I mean, <laughs> Banksy still did all right after that. Oh, oh yeah, no, I mean, he's <laughs> still got shit. The, money, the money still came. <laughs> yeah, right. That's awesome though. Yeah, I like that. I like that kind of idea. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh that, my god. That really helps to show, like, yeah, well, who cares? <laughs> That's Damn. cool. Well, yeah, that, I guess that was before NFTs, huh? Yeah. Well. <laughs> That was well, 2018. That was before we. That's before we were talking about them. But by that time, the comp like Open Seas, I think, was the one by then. Oh, like really? some of the some of the companies behind um, that have helped to bring them about where we're going. You know, it's just that it took a lot of time for it to reach this crest that it's been at recently. Huh. Especially as the cryptocurrency has continued to to and like cryptocurrency. <laughs> like, are you into so that? I am very aware now of the fact that like people were telling me in high school about like hey like I knew this one person in particular who started mining I think when he was in high school and like a very business oriented individual and someone who was way ahead, way ahead of these curves so like once I started seeing it on the news of course I was like wow like you guys are crazy but you're not crazy <laughs> like you're just very on on cue and so I think that because I've just some of that validation of like okay things things are going digital like we're not we're not crazy like pictures are already dead like we're we're, we're like a yeah. video only culture now mm-hmm. um we all have super high-powered cameras in our hands at all times like it's a digital time and i think that that i think a lot of people are kind of scared of what that might look like but I it's think unpredictable it's, it's that's the problem yeah it 100 percent. It, but that's why it's cool also yeah try to surround my I, I wouldn't say I'm a cryptocurrency person yet but I'm trying to be around more cryptocurrency people so I can better understand it I am uh, I am looking forward to, or looking to, into it as well uh, I spent five dollars on uh, Bitcoin as a it's a little bit of a I don't know a bet Good not job. even really a bet just to say fuck wait you. When, when did you do that I did that like what a week ago oh man I'm telling you <laughs> Mo- Molly paid me back for a coffee and I was like no don't pay me back and she did anyway so I was like fine I'll spend it on bitcoin so that's, that's what I did yeah. I got uh, like nine ten thousandths of a <laughs> hey I'm telling you I, I had I had put some in 2017 and I made like a couple hundred and wow really if I had kept Damn. it there like bitcoin more than doubled since then like I oh, bought yeah, it it was like I, I had a little bit when it was like nine thousand a coin. Maybe I'm, I'd have to check the dates to make sure that was right. And just like it's at like sixty today, or no, it's at it's in like the thirties or forties today. Not say, but it it had peaked, and oh, it, it, it peaked. it's going back up. If you actually if you look at how the coin is, mm-hmm. how the market's capped by the dip. Yes, and especially with this this craze, the way that people have gotten in the the people who had it three years ago and i've been steadily amassing it like whole new waves of, of millionaires coming up off of bitcoin and and all those other ones too ethereum like and, and with nfts those are those are on the ethereum blockchain so the fact that at least for i'm sure that there's yeah there's a lot of other ones tied as well but for like a lot of the major sites they you buy nfts in ethereum and so as nfts grow in popularity you would assume that you know using mm. using ethereum will have more and more uses as well so it's people are people are crazy man people be doing all kinds of stuff yeah well this is kind of technical but it makes sense because <clears throat> you know the u.s dollar is dropping the value of that is just 
you know, everything that's happened this year with inflations and the stimulus check, I mean, the value is just tanking. Yeah. So it's not a crazy idea to, right now, while your money's still worth something, to put it into something that's going to yeah. be actually worth something in the future. And something more just decentralized, or at least differently centralized. <laughs> Maybe, you know, I'm sure that there'll be, we'll see a lot of different forms of, yeah. There's always there'll be you know counteractions as well, but yeah. But well, it's interesting because it's global too. Yeah, and, you know exactly. It, it's and the market is encompassed by the entire planet. Yeah, it's it is a uh, a stateless currency, which is which is a, it's 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 a new. Yeah, it's it's more like gold and silver and yeah, ways, yeah, you know? yeah. It's a good analogy. It's it's a it's a new frontier. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what, you know, I think it's going to be like in the next five, ten years, we're going to really figure out what's, it's kind of in this phase, you think back to times, like, you know, the gold rush, things like that, where things were really uncertain, like, I feel like that's kind of what is Bitcoin right now. Yes. It's just uncertain, but there's a really good chance, (laughs) or at least a decently good chance that it could, you know. No, I think, I think in four years, I think it'll, I think, yeah. By four years, yeah. It's already done so much in the last year. Yeah. No, definitely. (laughs) Um here going back to the music uh you said you do you do a little producing yourself like, do you i beats or? i that's that's the direction i'm headed but i okay. don't i don't like crank out beats at this stage no um what are you using i it, it's been a lot of uh for what i have released it's just been um like people in the area especially like okay um i've been working on some stuff like i said with joe faint in des moines um then my dude Gorilla Ames was always put a lot put Say together. Ames? Yeah. Like a uh, Brandon? No. Oh, different no. Ames. Damn. Gorilla <laughs> who lives in Ames, yeah, oh, the town. Yeah. Wow. No, he's a, he's a, he, he he's he's always supplied fire. Um some of the SoundCloud stuff is is YouTube beats. Um but moving forward I think I'm tr- I'm trying to have a better just understanding of music and so how and kind of structuring a, a whole a whole sound, you know, mm. versus I, I was always focused just on the lyrics before, um, just because that was more my interest. But I'm trying to understand better the entire soundscape. So you, yeah. you'll hear some more, you know, co-produced beats by me moving Hell forward yeah. for sure. And the Fuck one yeah. was dropping on the 20th was was produced by me and, and okay. Joe Faye. Awesome. Well, uh, I don't know if you have a dog yet, but um, I definitely recommend Ableton. It's expensive, but you know, and this is always kind of the debate. For you know, sure. we have people come on here. They love FL Studio, and they'll die by FL Studio. I don't know. It's all right. They're like I started that too. It's good, but um, I definitely recommend Ableton. You get um, you can get one of those uh, little MIDI. Yeah. because like the program is astronomically expensive. Yeah. <clears throat> but you get that keyboard, and you can you get the basic version. And there's so many workarounds around that. Like I've been using that for years. I've never upgraded, and you know I. I mean, I have pretty good sounds, you know. Not trying to break. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, so, yeah, I definitely recommend that, Ableton. Okay, fire, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, what about performing? Have you have you gotten a chance to perform at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been performing on and off since high school, so we, okay. we started wow. doing, uh, like, we helped, or in our school, student council put on these coffee houses, which would be, like, every quarter of the school year, we would, people could skip their lunch, and they would go to the media center, or the auditorium and it would be an open mic so people could sign mm. up and perform and so that was like some of my first taste of like well actually I first performed with my dad so my dad's a percussionist and okay. he would do these djembe hand drum um, presentations and so I performed with him in one of those 
was like my very first performance experience. But as far as like lyrics and music, high school, to, uh, there's this little place in Zeke's or named Zeke's in Ames. I think they they sold and are no longer Zeke's, but it was the space that um, had an open mic that I performed at. And I lived in Des Moines a few years ago and would perform at a lot of the like the poetry open mics or the Java Joe's Poetry Slam. I performed at mm. Lenny Bell's um, poetry event at Lefties. I forget what, he, what that's called, Lenny. Um, Des Moines Brew did did some open mics that yeah. perform at. Um, I was supposed to perform at. Um, Cluster Funk, man. The Cluster Funk Festival got canceled because of COVID, but I was going to have oh, my first festival. So was that what that the interview was for? Yeah, that's what that was. That's what that oh, was. That's so, such a fucking bummer, man, man. That was literally, I have this whole interview and it's just like a sad, it's not, that interview is awesome, but it was, it was a run up to an event that unfortunately wasn't able to happen. So Damn. hopefully Cluster Funk comes back uh, in the near future and maybe we can run it back, but yeah. Um, I've so yeah. I've had I've had some some performance um, opportunities, and mostly in Iowa. I performed in Kansas City once. I performed in um, over there with OBS, like in Rock Island, Illinois. Mm. But mostly just here in Des Moines. In okay. Do you do you get nervous when you perform at all, or how do you handle all that? So yeah, I for me like I was growing up, I was always pretty shy, and it was kind of hard for me to mm, talk to people. Same. It's kind of one of the things that pushed me to music in the first place because it's like. Hard time talking to people, but I can talk to this notebook or I can talk to this microphone <laughs> and still kind of put out what I'm trying to feel or what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. It's and like a coping mechanism almost. Yeah, okay. 100% in a way to process things. I can relate. I can yeah, relate 100%. Um, and so I did kind of have to, yeah, I, I would be very nervous early on. Um, I've really gotten a lot more relaxed, but it's still always like a quick little shock of nerves, at least a, a quick nerve. Depending on the on the on the opportunity, I definitely would be lying if I said that I'm just like 100% relaxed every time. But with with practice, I've been able to, you know, tell myself like, look, you just finna go up there, you finna do these songs, talk to these people real quick. And I really do love like com- connecting with people. I love coming together for a show and like just the energy that um, is in a room. And so I'm excited to have more opportunities to to rock some stages um yeah but it's all it is always a bit nervous at first i'm like yeah that's definitely the truth hell yeah uh yeah i mean i i've had social anxiety my whole life and all that so i can totally relate to that um yeah i mean well i mean you you have skill and you've done enough so you probably are a little more comfortable when you start but i feel like sorry my fucking voice Mm -hmm. um i feel like when you first start you you're kind of you get that Aw, look, you know, from the tight crowd, and that can really, like... It's, man, that's, that's funny you say that. So me and my cousin have performed... We were at, performing at, like, a high school talent show, and we were doing this song together. It was a back and forth where he'd do a verse, or he'd do a line, I, and I'd do a line, and he'd do a line. It was, like, a, it was this cool song. And so, like, one of my friends, someone I knew, was in the stands, and I looked at them and, like, completely lost my train of thought, and... He's looking at me because it's my turn to like deliver my line to say my piece, and I like mumbled some type of something and like totally messed it up, and I don't think anyone caught it, but um, it was like, yeah, the 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 st- I learned that stairs can really get you get you thrown off, so I'm I'm much better now, kind of going like I I close my eyes a lot or just kind of go somewhere else. I understood like why musicians why musicians wear glasses so much or like <laughs> why people just be up on stage with their eyes closed because it's like you're trying to go to where that song is. The song kind of lives in its own place. Yeah, and it can be hard to get there sometimes. So 
I, I truly feel like a maniac when I'm on stage because I, I just like I, f- I feel like I'm like you know when like you're practicing in your room like yeah. I feel like that exact same way like yeah uh, that same energy it's like oh y'all y'all gave me the mic y'all yeah right mic. like I feel like I feel like when I'm performing the entire time I'm just trying to fight off like the fact that everybody's around me so I almost like ignore it go back yeah I felt that I think that it is like obviously like when you're playing off of people's energy and, and they're feeding you energy you're able to do different things with the music than than what you would be able to by yourself so it's definitely like it's awesome i'd love to yeah do like a festival like a Lollapalooza or something like that just, mm. just to have like that experience of people just like dun, 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 in step like that that would be the true experience yeah yeah i remember you know and energy has so much to do with you know performing uh, have you heard of flatbush zombies of course yeah um they were here i think in 2016 yeah. did yeah. you know i did not go okay. I, I knew some people that went good it, it, <laughs> so it didn't go well. well okay so for me uh so i had a guy i had a friend there and he was tripping on molly in the middle of the thing and he was like he was like, I like, couldn't get a hold of him the whole time. And then, like, toward the end, he was like, hey, come come meet me in the middle. And, like, I tried to go meet him and all the... Because it was just, like, it was just a sea of, like, white teenage kids. I was like... So, and you, and you could tell, like, when Flatbush is on, they just were not feeling it. They were like, fuck this. <laughs> That's bogus as hell. Like, how are you going to have Flatbush zombies here and y'all don't even feel it? Yeah. But these, these fucking dumbass kids, they were, like, pushing me out of the way. They were like... <laughs> Like, give it, like, no, you can't That's come bogus. in and be like, fuck you, I'm out of here. Right. I, feel, I feel like a lot of people here aren't, they just don't go to shows often. They don't know, like, show etiquette. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, hip-hop, you know, it's kind of a new, for most of the population of Iowa, I feel like it's very uh, yeah. different. Yeah, no, they, they uh, you know, hip-hop's definitely been, it's been king in the culture, driving the culture, top of the culture for a long time, but... As far as the entire cultural elements of hip hop, that's not here. Like people know the music here, but they don't know about the break dancing. They don't know about the spray painting. Mm. They don't know about the other aspects that make hip hop what it is. And so they don't have respect for the whole culture. They just like they like their songs and they like to get lit. But you know, there's uh, there's people, of course, who don't fall into that. But mm. that's, I think that's been observations I've seen. It's just like it's a if you understood more like what the music's saying and what's going on, then I think the people would, would approach it differently. Yeah, you know, I think I I see what you're saying with that, but I think also also I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, um, like Iowa has its own culture almost for sure, you know, and that's that's a hard thing to fight against. But if that culture can somehow change into you know what people around here are trying to do with hip hop, I mean, that could be a really beautiful special thing. No, this this place could be like it could be such an organic type of launching pad for artists because. Mm people here are very accepting in a way of like they'll let you get on stage and yep. like there's opportunities for that they everybody's humble yeah and like they don't really know what it looks like so they they're cool for whatever at least for one time i think that it's now it's a it's a, a question of like are there the steps to take an artist from okay i'm running around doing open mics now what like how do i move that and i think that um, what what Toby Parks is doing with XBK on um, a venue over there by um, off University Avenue over <laughs> by the Drake campus um, that opened up in the last two years I want to say um, maybe more recently than that but they've really done a lot of work of a like weather and COVID and and then like um, developing artists and local artists so people like um, people like uh, EP um, Emma Phillips with no put near no power or free power. Not no power, free yeah, power. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he's he's the one. Um, 
um, and DK. Oh, um, DK. Yeah, I know DK. And yeah. Andre on Davis. Definitely Andre Davis a and, lot. And Andre Lucha or Andre Lucci. Um, those are some artists I believe have worked with XBK. Um, kind of more in depth on like structuring like a career and, and like creating, being professional with the music mm-hmm. and actually having a scene because like an artist needs a scene and needs people consuming the the art and, and buying back into it for them to be able to turn what they love to do into something that's sustainable because otherwise if you're just the artist out here paying for studio time and paying for promotion and paying to push your songs and all that like you're not gonna do that unless you have a very thick bank and so I think that there's there's some elements in Des Moines that are trying to come together to make it more of like a, a music city where, where artists, because artists like Slipknot can, can make it and mm-hmm. be international successes. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, I, I always kind of look up to Slipknot in a way. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. Cause you kind of like, have to. There's not there's not that many options of like, artists to look up to. Well, him, them and Ashton Kutcher, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Estes, definitely Simon Estes. Uh, fucking uh, Slipknot, man. Have you ever seen Slipknot? I have not. I know they're coming. Knotfest is coming to Indianola this year. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, yes. I saw them live in South Dakota when I was in college. How was, was that? Fucking, oh, it was insane, man. Yeah, uh, I, I like. I, I literally thought I was going to die at one point. You know, those, those fucking <laughs> those moshpits, man. I saw people get arrested. You know, yeah. people throwing up beer. It's fucking crazy. I, yeah. uh, I was at the show, and there was this, uh, there was this chick in front of me. And I swear to God, she started grinding on me. And I was just like, what the fuck? I just started going with it. And then she's like, what? Like, oh, no. Just total miscommunication. And her yeah. boyfriend was there and shit. I was like, oh, okay. Whoa, whoa. Damn, like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. My bad. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to go back here and let you. <laughs> no this conflict was, for this me. This in the pre-Molly days. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. No, I've never fucked with Molly. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't do that, man. Like, uh, th- there's the whole, was it? Uh, the your the, your mood like goes to shit essentially from what I've heard like that that that, that drug specifically so I've always yeah, away from all gotcha. of I mean do whatever you want but <laughs> um what so you said you had an, another album releasing or what was it just a single actually, single releasing it's called centipede yeah yeah uh, do you do you have like other projects in the mix coming up or so I yes I do have more things I'm working on with the Jofe um more singles kind of coming after that. I'm really looking to to kind of build up uh, a collection of music from now because I've gone through a lot of like personal changes in the last like two years from when when a lot of the music out, that's out right now to now, and so those changes have kind of um, really changed the way I approach music and really. I think there was definitely a time when I was really using music as a way, like you said, like a coping mechanism, but putting just way too much kind of um, weight on that to like solve my problems. Like if I just write this perfect song, I'm gonna feel so much better type thing. But you know, true like care and healing takes, you know, a multi, there's a lot of steps to that. So I think as I've kind of been able to grow a bit as a person and approach some of those other steps better, um, I've been able to kind of just loosen up with music i feel like i i i like to freestyle now and i like to just like put on a beat that makes me feel good and, and talk over it and um those those changes are reflected in, in the new music that's coming out on the 20th and following so it's been exciting to um kind of see how my sound has grown as i've grown you know i think it's kind of big headed to talk about oh, yeah. talk about my sound <laughs> that's that's what i've noticed no, well, and you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about with like you know that that raw those 
you know those early stages i mean that a big part of that is finding your sound 100%, like yeah you know uh old dirty bastard you you fuck with him. he's a huge inspiration of mine like just raw as fuck like yeah. does like kind of what you're saying before does not give a fuck about how he sounds or there's uh i was listening to uh one of the members of Wu-Tang Clan, Method Man, yeah. talking about ODB and like how on his album he used the same verse like three different times. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like but like he does like it in a way lot. that's so different every time that people didn't even realize. I like that a lot. That's, all, that's stupid. <laughs> that's actually stupid. I think that, yeah, like that, that just shows a lot of artistry. An artist who, I guess that story kind of reminds me of someone who I feel might do that same thing. It'd be like Vince Staples. I like how he he's fuck always fuck. just fucking around with, uh, like he he's he's damn near a prankster, but the shit he's making is so intense and so like visceral. Yeah. It's fire. Vince is something else, man. Uh, Most definitely, he's crazy. <laughs> he's, he, uh, yeah, that uh, that last album he put out was really, or well, I guess it was kind of more of an EP. It was like twenty minutes, but uh, that was really impressive. Prima Donna, or is, is he? No, he did. I'm he put out a self-titled on Vince, one, aren't I? Was that? Yeah, I'm behind. I said I'm behind on Vince. Aren't I? Well, yeah, he, he just put this out. Um, yeah, it's just like a self-titled. He's got a couple. Um, I was not, yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. All these artists have come out with all this. Like, you can tell it's just like their. It was their COVID project. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, I say like, a Rashad. Uh, Rashad. Yeah. Rashad. Yeah. yeah uh, it goes crazy. Yeah. J Cole. You know, ton ton guys. Yeah. Put out stuff. Um. So you have what? What we had a guest on the other day, and he was kind of talking about how um, he's kind of making the move towards Spotify. Do you have any thoughts on like, you know, because you have music on kind of both platforms, you kind of put more in SoundCloud. Do you have like a thought on like where those platforms are going or anything um, like that? Most definitely, most definitely. So, um, <clears throat> the biggest thing is like now to get honestly TikTok's like the biggest music mm. platform now. So. Like life is moving at the speed of technology, so you have to be able to understand like how each of those tools can benefit. So I guess the way I kind of look at it, SoundCloud, because um, SoundCloud you can put up a lot more like loose things. You're not going to get copyrighted on SoundCloud because it's, it's a free platform. Yeah. So you can. I like to put stuff there that like wouldn't make the final cut type of things, more mm. like rougher projects or um, maybe some things I produce, but you don't have any. Like yeah, you SoundCloud is a place where you can like kind of really feed the people who are really paying attention. I guess how I look mm. at it. Um, Spotify is where like that's a song where it's it's actually like I want this. I'd love for this song to get placed in a commercial or in a movie. So it's completely mixed and mastered to that specification um, and that professional level. People can post it on their Instagram story, and now like that's the only way to really one of the only ways to have your song like in a legitimate you know space. Um, and to be able to generate revenue off of that, even though it is, you know, a tiny sliver, especially if you're not getting all your publishing straight. But um, artists definitely need to have their music everywhere. Like, there, people expect to find it everywhere. Like, I can find Kendrick Lamar everywhere. I think I think he's on SoundCloud, right? I'm oh, like, artists, yeah, it's definitely, um, if you're trying to, like, make money off of music and that you're trying to make it be, like, this is something that I'm really doing, then everywhere soundcloud is soundcloud is a great spot to um learn what it's like to like plan a release to structure a release and to start mm. putting out things to your fans but um 
you would then keep growing. And if you like, if you got signed with a label, they would put your music everywhere. So we have those tools now as artists available yeah, yeah. at our fingertips. So it's important to take advantage of that. Yeah. What do you What do you think about that TikTok? I feel like I TikTok man. I feel like I'm <laughs> fucked. Like I. <laughs> What's wrong? Well, I, I don't know. This just I feel like I just I don't understand. I watch TikTok because Molly loves TikTok. She's like obsessed with it. She sends me TikToks like twenty I mean, times a fucking day. It really just depends on the TikTok you follow. There's some That's true. Like talk it's just not yeah, there's some great TikToks. I don't know. I just I, I feel like I just I'm missing out whatever that is where yeah. people are like hit that hit the like you know i just i'm missing out on that i, don't know I hear that were you in divine when i was here no. <laughs> i wasn't either but um i think that it's well for one like our attention spans are at that level like, yeah. that, that's that's a fact but on top of that it's like tiktok was designed for it was designed for this like the algorithm works to feed you like exactly the type of content that you're looking for individualized because it's following your data like it knows mm-hmm. it knows you better than you know yourself damn near yeah. and so it also was just the developers were clearly very intuitive in what they wanted to do by making it so um interspersed with music like you can it's 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 like a perfect platform to share dances and to share new songs and to watch it go viral like instantly like tiktok i mean, there's, there's this uh you need to interview nathan apollo he is from Iowa. He's a rapper. He has 220,000 followers on TikTok. And I, I knew him when he didn't have a TikTok. Like, and that was like a year ago. So it's like he's making legitimate money off of his music now because he has a TikTok following. And because he, obviously not because he has a TikTok following, but because he put in the work. And then he was consistent with his TikTok and used that as a platform for his music to get out there. And people were able to find him and his, his market was able to, you know, get around him. So I think that... The format, um, it's definitely like faster paced than I like, but I like it, it's fun to create on, and it is a tool that you can definitely, as an artist, you can you can whatever your art is like. You, you see people doing painting, you do people doing baking, and there's, I think something I like about TikTok is how like there's so much like there's a lot of honest discussions that take place. Like people post TikToks about very serious things, and really, um, I think that our generation, you know, we grew up in chat rooms and we grew up in in some of the early phases of that and now that those tools have become so much more powerful we're able to leverage those for our own benefit so i think that is definitely aimed for someone younger than myself i feel probably younger than yourself but um that's the type of content that i think is gonna keep pushing like the culture yeah (laughs) it's gonna get shorter and shorter and shorter well that you know that is kind of a benefit to uh tiktok over youtube is uh it doesn't have the mass censorship problem that YouTube yeah. has, you know. Uh, however, you feel about this, like you, you can, I feel like you can find varying, you know, things about COVID on TikTok, and you can't do that on YouTube. You can't do that on Facebook. Oh, like, really? I didn't. I don't know. Maybe again, that's like the algorithm feeding you. But like, I yeah. like in topics related to that, I find in my feed things that would not be on those platforms yeah so i mean i guess by that metric alone you can tell that there's you know at least a little more open discussion for sure i felt that i know they've definitely had i don't i think they definitely have their censorship too but people have been yeah, really they, creative they, about how to get around it yeah they don't like what they don't like weed they don't like sex and they well like half the time it kind of depends <laughs> on the person <laughs> sometimes they let slide <laughs> well that's kind of the weird thing about well what tiktok start out as 
what was the app? Musically. Musically. I remember. Oh, I remember when. Snap, yeah. You know, I remember every time I saw an app for that, it was some fucking sixteen-year-old shaking her ass. It was like. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely like the, because uh, yeah, the dance videos is what you know it for. At least that's that's been one of the key things, and so. Yeah. Yeah, it just, just people were all about visuals, like very visually stimulated. Yeah, I mean, I'm a pervert, so for me, it's a big on air, on air revolution. I hope that you can. Oh, they're they're uh, find the treatment for that. My <laughs> my audience isn't foreign to that. Uh, so I don't know. I always I find that shit all the time. It's just like okay, whatever. Like that's just why I think of TikTok. <laughs> I got you, man. No, no, but like uh, we've had Jake Trumper on here. Uh, he praises TikTok, and you know it. It's interesting. It's an interesting platform. It's interesting that it has that kind of uh, small time constraint in it. And it's like the, um, you know, like you said. Uh, it's like focused content. Like you got to get to whatever yeah. your message is. You got this much time to say. Yeah. You know, maybe that's the problem because I have this podcast where I just like. You just keep this rambling. It's hard for me to like find that like, hey, like, subscribe. Yeah, you know? yeah but that, that's the stuff that we're, like people are, we are like goldfish in that. So yeah, true, true. Um, I, I think I saw on your Instagram that you paint. Is that true? I have been painting recently. I actually, oh. so me, <laughs> me and my good friend Siri Caso, Siriaco, um, because the painter goes by Siri Caso. Um, we've been in 2019, 2020, right before COVID hit. Actually, we were we started to um, organize some events, like specifically up in Ames, where it was. Um, live music and live painting so people could come and paint on canvases or we had like a painting competition he's a visual artist and so i've learned a lot more about painting from him and then uh me and my girlfriend kind of turned to it recently during the lockdown as a way to express mm. ourselves and just to like we'd go out by the lake and just paint something and it was like a very um restorative process it, it's really cool to work on visuals versus just trying to like think about how something sounds um and so i'm actually doing uh i'm in an exhibit called i think it's called image and text at the octagon uh, art center in ames with siri Caso. so this exhibit was um it's like visual representations of poetry and so we took one of my poems um and painted it and then added siri Caso painted on the canvas and kind of brought it to life with visuals and so it's just really cool exhibit that's going to be airing i'm not sure i think that starts in september or maybe not till october but wow. I'll have some info about that on my Instagram too. That's fucking impressive, man. So, so you like just recently got into this, or is this something you've always done? Uh, I've never, out, yeah. Since I, since high school, I really hadn't painted much. I painted in one high school class and painted when I was young. So, it's really more just been. I've been around visual artists like like Sirikaso, like uh, Jordan Brooks with No Self, or like uh, Jill Wells, and like Aqui, uh, Ng. Um, so. I think I've been able to to learn from a lot of people who, not actually learn like how to paint, but just like have conversations and see how like people who are more visual focused think. I think it's been really cool to be able to collaborate with them and, and learn more about their practices and mm. understand like how it's a whole different whole different way of expression and the benefits that can come from that too. So yeah, really it's been fun to get into. I'm not like I don't paint every day or like oh man you need to also you need to interview robert moore be more have you, are you familiar with his work he's a painter no. oh man he he um veritably blew up as they say but he's been very um 
he was recently able to quit his job. He was just out in L.A. where he had his, a show um, from Des Moines. And it was like 2020, like the beginning of 2020, he was just like, he was doing local shows with his paintings. And by that summer, he was selling to collectors all over the country. Like wow. he, his work, his work was um, something that people really gravitated to. And um, the commentary he was providing on black life and on black life, um, that he's experienced was really something that resonated, like I said, with a lot of people. And um, he's been able to connect with a lot of people who really respect what he does and how he mm. does it. And so he's another one, um, as far as artists in the Midwest and in Des Moines specifically, who's really killing it and finding brand new avenues for success outside of just being like a great artist. But now he's like a successful artist. And that's, that's a different type of feeling, I would imagine, yeah. like for your family and for, for your position because um, his pieces are... Um, beautiful and very raw and evocative mm. um kind of i guess the instant comparisons people would make would probably be like basquiat where it's almost like childlike drawings almost like oh, okay. um but like simplistic kind of that's kind of some of his like some of the pieces that i think first um started gaining recognition but now like he's also a fantastic portrait artist and um he just depicts black life in these really beautiful and poignant and sometimes very painful ways and i think he's doing a I'm not sure if it's an exhibit or if he just has this piece called um, Out the Mud, where it's this um, beautiful black black girl, and um, he literally layered, like, I think it's mud. I'm not sure what the actual material is, but it looks like mud on top of it, like on the bottom of this painting. So it's this um, multidimensional, like, multimedia mm. piece where oh, okay. it wow. really, like, it's just powerful. Yeah, definitely looking to look up Be More. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, because I paint a little bit myself, it's definitely like a different mode. Completely. Different. I feel like I have to have like an image in my head, which yeah. you know, when you're rapping, you don't really have. I don't know, yeah. maybe for you, but not for me, anyways. Like I don't really have like an image in my head. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely a different thing. What kind of uh, like what kind of materials do you use? You, you acrylic, like watercolor. Acrylic, okay, yeah, yeah that's acrylic. my medium too. That's what acrylic with um crusty set of brushes that I never wash out. So. <laughs> Uh, I get my work done. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I I had an art teacher. She would uh, she would uh, dock our grade if we <laughs> if we, if we didn't wash them right. See, <laughs> art classes, man. My photography class was it was one of my lowest grades that semester <laughs> in high school. Yeah, you know the 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 problem with the art classes in high school is like. There's there's no middle ground between like the guy who just doesn't do anything and the person that is like really everyone's excelling. in the same room. I think I think that offers like great opportunities for people who wouldn't consider themselves artists to find out. That's like, true. Hey, That's a good point. Um, I like this. Like this is cool, and it also poses problems for people who really like aren't invested, who really don't care, versus the people who are really trying to like invest and do something with that art. Yeah. It's a, I, I, I don't know. Every art class I remember, just I just remember it being chaotic. I remember there being like yeah. a very strong divide. In <laughs> right. No, 100%. A lot of people look at it as maybe more of a throw-off class, something that's, yeah, you know. Yeah, like simple. a bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Passive. Yeah, but, you know, there's also, it definitely is a, a space where people can, like, like, I made a collage in high school that I can still, you know, keep with me that I, I thought was well-made and I liked, so... I think that it, I hope that people are at least able to get like one piece. It's like okay, like I can I'll, I can do some art stuff, and then maybe they never do anything artistic again. <laughs> it's definitely a good like entrance point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good for anyone to you know get a broad 
stroke of anything. Yeah. Know? Like, people who are artists. Like, I think people who are artists should, like, go work in the fields or some shit like that. You know, get, get some more studios, man. There's yeah. got to be way more. St- I think studio access needs to go up dramatically. Even mm-hmm. if there's, like, less art classes or different type of art classes, I think that kids especially should have access to those materials so they can experiment on their own time, you know, and sit and, and see how it is they like to express themselves. Well, that's a really cool thing. You mentioned DK. That's a really cool thing. What they're doing is like, I, f- I f- you know, from what I've talked to him, he seems to, their whole goal with writing history is like create a, you know, community where people can kind of come in and, you know, do their thing yes, artistically. That's, you know. that is the beautiful vision. Does he have a location? I think it's, I don't know if he has an official location. I, I know he's doing stuff around here. I know he did a mural. Um, really? Are we not I supposed did. to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> I will find out about that in the future and yeah. ask him about it. Well, but writing history does a lot. Uh, Pac-Man Drowned Hero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. he's the homie too. Took uh, me a second <laughs> to put it together. <laughs> yeah, no, all those guys. Uh, you know, there's so many people in this state that have such a unique vision and it's all. Yeah. it all seems, you know, majority-wise, from the people that I have on here, it seems to be around everyone and, like, including everyone and kind of like what you said, you know. I think that's something that... Um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I think that's something that especially artists here, artists anywhere are going to be focused on that. And I think that people in Iowa have that as well. And I think that it's a question of the resources coming to support that vision and kind of put that into play to make that. Because Des Moines, like, Des Moines could be a, like, if, if, if you really think about it, if you think about the impact that Prince had on Minneapolis and that Drake has on Toronto and that Nirvana had on Pearl, or had on Seattle, um, or what grunge had as a as a genre, like you really understand, like yeah. one big artist coming out of a place can literally change the economic future of a place. And I think that if Des Moines is able to better invest in the artists that are here, not just like not just like okay, well, we, let's build up a, our next superstar, but let's at least put out the fr- the fabric or the framework so that anyone who mm. wants to be an artist and do that professionally. They can afford to live like they can they they have opportunities to to be professional in that and to get paid a, a living wage to do that because a lot of people look at art as you know something you do in your own time but it's fun yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you know is always it is, it, it, it's true but uh in the u.s everything has a price in life everything has a price and the time that you put towards your art you're not able to put towards work you're not able to put towards things so if that art isn't making you anything back, sometimes you have to make that choice between, you know, am I going to work or am I going to work on my art? And if those could be the same thing, then that would mm-hmm. uh, lead to a lot more economic opportunities and would create the types of festivals and locations and outputs that can make a city a whole lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Just a whole lot of cash. Yeah. Well, you know, not to get into this too much, but, you know, it seems that people are leaving those, you know, big central cities like New York and L.A. Yeah, and they come in California. Like California had a decrease in population for the first time in its history. Oh, okay, you I know, didn't over know the that. last year, something like that. At least the L.A. region. I think it was California in general. I think I feel like New York. Had oh a similar yeah. Story <laughs> well, both those cities are tanking right now. Yeah, the, yeah, the, no, they've been going through it, and yeah, no, people are especially as everything becomes more like decentralized and online the internet yeah like if you can work remotely it, you don't have to be there anymore to still have access to those type of jobs that only exist in in la or in new york and 
I think it'll, yeah, those those habit, those cycles will probably continue, and maybe some of these smaller places like Des Moines could be more of a magnet to attract a lot of that mm. growth. Yeah, I think I think where pe- a lot of people in Iowa are ahead of the game is they're not thinking of things in this you know structured way like LA and New York where it's like you know this way that way this way that way yeah but like people are really doing things free form they're doing it their own way and that's the kind of innovative energy that we need yeah that's definitely good like first you got to have that spark and then you have to feed that flame so it doesn't stay a spark because if you just let people do their own thing forever it's never going to be that cohesion and so i think Des Moines just needs that organizational structure to and yeah like you said i love how because it's not written now there's potential for it to be and it could be beautiful it could be great it could be a place where artists are really able to be valued by the community the community is able to be valued by the artists and can be a, a beautiful kumbaya moment we'll see if we get there because they're out here burning like they're out here burning uh it was like a not a shrine but it was like a, a marker of um for you talk about the black the, the black kids black children i who, did see that yeah that was who, fucking awful who were gone missing it's like to burn that the type that's that that's the community that we live in also you know like there's these great things yeah. happening but the blowback for for and what the community you know suffers and, and goes through uh those two things can't go hand in hand you can't grow if with that type of those type of hateful things happening and not being addressed you know so i think that as some of the social justice questions are addressed or at least like yeah and with 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 that governor too like as that like things have to change politically to create this space as well i can't you know it's not just going to be artists saying okay we just gotta do this and this and this you know it's there actually has to be yeah the bones for it like in la and in new york they're they're able to pour into the arts because they know in New York, like that's an art destination. There's museums, there's galleries, there's exhibits. You go to New York to go to Broadway. You go to New York mm-hmm. to, to to do something artistic. To go to a show at Madison Square Garden, and so they invest right back in it and they create those things. But I think I'm not sure if that to what extent that happens here. But there's some like that Riverview Festival that's come in here. Oh, I did. Uh, is that yeah, still I think happening? I heard about that. I think that is actually. Yeah, I think it's happening. But that looked like a. Some of the biggest names I've seen coming here together to the moon. Like oh, you know what? Um, and I saw DK like a couple weeks ago, and he said that he was gonna he's gonna he's be meeting a couple. Wasn't he? Yeah, I think that I think he mentioned that. Stuff. But he's gonna be meeting like uh, I think Earth Game's gonna be there. He's gonna meet them. He's gonna meet a couple yes, other people. That's what I'm saying. Earth Game's in the spot. Like Sudan Archives is gonna be there. Like and especially for his the way he 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 makes music too. That's a I feel like that would be a great connection for him to make. Fuck yeah. It's kind of interesting what you said with like, uh, you know, having a balance. Like, you can't just be artists. Like, because you look at LA and New York, I feel like that's a big reason why they're crumbling. It's like, Hmm. they don't really have that political base. It's kind of all, that whole thing is kind of, you know, fractured, you know, like Cuomo and all that. You know, so I I, I appreciate the sentiment of what you're saying. It's like, that kind of all needs to be, like, if we really want to make a community, we also need to remember that. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, it's not like, Throwing weekly concerts or anything is not gonna fix, yeah, uh, yeah deep exactly. deep social problems. Like there has to be, yeah, to create this kind of Nirvana moment, there's got to be a lot of steps taken. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know that the whole thing with that, uh, you know, that black kids thing getting burnt down, that was terrible. You know, however you feel about things, an extreme form of, you know, making a message like that is just not okay. Yeah, like if you if you have a problem 
with expressing grief over lost children, then there is a deep, deep problem with you. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that, that has nothing to that do with not anything political. Yeah, you know? that is, that is not. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's something else. Yeah, I, I do have hope, though. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert in any of this. I, I, and you know, I think there is a lot of deep-rooted bullshit. Um, but I feel like the generation, you know, people our age, you know, are more collectively aware of that kind of stuff. And I think that that is going to improve. Yeah, I think you know? I think it definitely could. I think that I think that in Iowa, it's also a lot of people who just don't really take action. I think that there's a lot of yeah. kind of standing around and staring at each other mm-hmm. like, well, you know, you're going to move or are you going to move. People yeah. are also extremely ignorant. Oh, yeah. And like, unt- you know, uneducated people. Yeah. People here are like. People really, I think that people outside of Iowa really just don't know about it because there's not many reasons to come to Iowa. If you're not from here, you don't have family here. Yeah, I mean, there's reasons, but there's it's not that many. And so I think that there's like a specific version of like just isolation that's taking place here where like people here do are very set in their ways, even though it's not as loud as like Alabama or Georgia where like, the the culture you kind of you hear about you hear about the culture you hear about what what some maybe people especially in rural areas may believe or not believe and you're aware of that but in Iowa it's kind of I think a lot of things aren't really spoken of still like straight on a lot of things is more indirect around the bush yeah and so I agree that I think awareness and especially like the Black Lives Matter movement and what Jalen Cable and uh, what Matt have been doing has has really and everyone else involved in the movement, of course, and other movements similar to it, um, have been good at raising awareness of like what the actual issues, like mm-hmm. some of the issues that, and what people are going through, have been have been like for 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 decades. Because I think that there's just there's been new opportunities, new platforms in this past year, of course, for for change. It's just a question of if like, anyone was listening, you know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big problem. And that, that's a that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Yeah, that's another podcast for sure. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, there. It, it, I guess at the end of the day, all all we can really do is just try to connect with people and just try to you know grow from within because you know connect with some people. There's definitely some people where it's more of like a fist connecting with them, but <laughs> definitely connecting with the right people. Yes, and and growing like political solidarity around like the issues that actually matter and about like protecting lives and caring about people yeah i not to get too deep into that but i i really wish people would focus more on what's happening in iowa and what's happening in des moines and what's happening yeah. in their county yeah i wish they wouldn't give a fuck about what's happening in dc and maybe not not give a fuck but like no, it should be like minimal I mean. yeah <laughs> because like all those decisions that happen in dc are based on the local elections they're based on who your county supervisor are or who your who your governor is <coughs> who you elect to the house who you elect to the senate so i definitely agree like people here and people everywhere but people here need to know that their decisions do affect what's happening there because we do live in a system where you know despite all the barriers that do exist in the voting system you do have a vote there's many countries where you don't have a, like a, a guarantee of a fair election even here you have to go through all these hurdles but it's still mm-hmm. more of a a process you can you can be engaged in to some extent do you ever wonder if like i don't know this might be getting too deep but do you ever wonder if like 
there are too many people <laughs> in the country to like you know have your voice really matter do you wonder that in the country hell no um no i think that makes it easier for your voice to matter because you can find a lot of people who have a very similar voice to you mm. and you can get together with them and y'all can increase your voice like there's like if you're i guess if you're living in like sweden and you had a like a much smaller population you could yeah. you could say things but the u.s is like one of the largest countries in the world and so i think that uh yeah there's, there's a lot of people here for sure but that makes it just i think it, like i said it becomes a matter of connecting with more people yeah. who feel that way and making doing something about it yeah well and you know i think i think connecting and communicating with people also kind of uh, helps your own viewpoint yeah you know getting experience and uh you know trying to figure out what what how you feel about things i think bouncing ideas off people can really help that there's always yeah. the you know that you talk about the echo chamber. There's always the guy in the basement who just like you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he can think anything. He thinks the Holocaust didn't happen, you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. But yeah, a hundred percent. Like especially at a younger age, like being exposed to things does it makes you not fearful of it. Like a lot of prejudices that exist uh, against people of different races, against black people, against brown people, against people of different sexual identities, than what's you know what culture wants to say is okay then like people get they're scared of things that they don't know and they react against it and they sometimes react with violence and so if you're able if you can start at a young age and have just exposure can be one step and then also um yeah one step during the process of like just gaining empathy like you gotta understand like that's a person i'm a person it shouldn't have to go further than that I think that's what people need to remember at the end of the day, too, is that we're all human. That's it. Like, we, all, we all fuck up. <laughs> we all say stupid shit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone wants to just divide and divide and divide, but it's really just this one species of creature that we are. Don't divide. Multiply. Exactly. Hell yeah. Um, you had in your bio on your Instagram, I saw you were part of a couple groups, uh, Lonely Grove and... Well, only grave, yeah. Only, gr- only, only grave. grave. Wow, yeah. I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, what, what, uh, <laughs> like what does that have to do, or what, what, what do you all do with that? What's the goal with that organization? And what yes. do you all do with that? So, Lonely Grave is a art consultancy. Um, so, it has been in 2017. I dropped out of Iowa State. And oh, okay. I, I re- rejoined in 2020. Um, okay. So, I now have another year and a half left where I'm studying community and regional planning so I can better understand, like, these community development pieces. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so what, what's your degree, then? Uh, so it would be community and regional planning. So okay, it's, okay. In the, it's in the College of Design. Um, okay, okay. So it's people, like, people who are in charge of, like, city zoning and what can go where when it comes to building. I see, I see. Um, but I've been interested in kind of the idea of placemaking, which is um, a way of, like, using art and cultural resources to create place in space so you think of like um do you know about like those in Madrid those bridges that light up at night have you seen that in Um, central Iowa oh in central did we go there yes Yes. okay so like that's that's an idea of placemaking like that's a place you can go to it's a it's a memorable experience Mm -hmm. and it's public anyone can go there so I'm really interested about using art to um strengthen communities so Lonely Grave was when I had dropped out of school. That's um, a company I started in 2017. Um, at that time, I was working with like 
some people who like, we released some clothes and um that was kind of the main focus at the time but um I, w I always wanted it to be a place where um people from communities could come and um we could collaborate with to create whatever kind of artistic activation that could strengthen that community so if it's like if someone if a person or community wants to know how they can get a mural on their wall like we can we can offer that information we could pair pair them with the artist to make it happen or if uh they want to do like a, a a festival series or something that that focuses on like local talent and helping to put that together so it was really like me trying to decide what i wanted to do with my life and kind of putting a business to house those things and so now as i've now that i'm back in school and have more of the community focus um i'm learning more tools to um be able to just work with artists and strengthen communities and so lonely grave is is what that is it's lonelygrave.com is i guess as far as like what people could connect with today lonelygrave.com is uh just a blog that i keep that shares some of the like music and oh, things okay. that i like um and then in the future it'll keep growing but so are you kind of waiting until you know everything kind of settles down with everything it's it's really more um more just making sure my vision is what i want it to be okay. and kind of taking it from there i've really given myself space and time in the past years to make sure that i'm heading in directions that interest me and that i'm passionate about and um so lonely grave is kind of something i'm still still putting a lot of the pieces behind hmm. so what so what goes behind the name lonely grave how'd you come up with that yeah so it was kind of this idea of like <clears throat> understanding that what a life alone could be i think that i've struggled or not struggled but experience just lots of feelings of loneliness i think like when i was younger feeling kind of isolated um and understanding how unhealthy that is and how like that's not that's not the way to live and so um it's something that kind of just keeps me um as far as the name is something i, I just thought of that it was um something i didn't want to happen like i didn't want to live a life where i you know morbidly end up in this lonely grave just out where you know you don't really have this impact on people people don't mm. um don't feel your presence so i think it was a desire to build community kind of looking at the worst thing one of the worst things that could happen if you didn't build that community and then huh. naming it after that and because i liked how it sounded huh that's interesting i uh <clears throat> It makes a lot more sense because when I heard Lonely Grave, I didn't really know what to think. Yeah, and I, I like that a lot. I like that ambiguity so that it can really, the focus can be more on what the output is. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I feel like that's, yeah, I feel like that's like every person's like worst nightmare, you know, like not be able to make an impact. For real, no, for real. And I really like, when I was at that, when I was at that, in that space too, like it really, I was thinking a lot about just big like dark topics like that and like what is like what's my legacy gonna be or like how am i ever gonna connect with people and i think that kind of some of that persev perseveration i think that's a word just really focusing on one thing kind of squeezed me into some big I bigger ideas like that of like cool lonely grave like here we go i don't know <laughs> I have an interesting philosophical question if you're game. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think is a meaning to life? Meaning to life? If there is any. It's a good question. Um, as far as the meaning... You want another water? I'd love one, yes. Thank you. I, d I think... I really think that the meaning is... is to experience it. I don't think that it gets much deeper than that. 
I agree. I think that it really is just to like, it's like, damn, I'm here on this spinning rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the only what meaning, am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. I think the only meaning you can find is the meaning that you, you yourself give it. Yeah, I think, yeah, so that freedom to like create or even if it's just creating the, the way you're going to do things. I think so. I, I think so as well. I, I feel like it's a. I think that it it changes shape along your life. I think that what the meaning to you is gonna be is gonna be different at different stages along your life. But yeah, I would agree that it's really hard to put anything definitive on that outside of like. Yeah. I think, <coughs> yeah, yeah. That's all I would say. <laughs> well, hey, I that's a that's a very open-minded answer i like it good Appreciate job it. I, 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 would I, <laughs> <laughs> I usually just keep talking and then i don't even remember like what i originally meant to say so well hey you should start your own podcast that's the that's the stepping stone no I, <laughs> i'll be able to finally order my thoughts good idea i have so many I, not i guess not that many but i you know like you said doing this for 79 episodes there's so many fucking moments where yeah i've had podcasts where i just ran for an hour about the stupidest shit yeah what was it i I think the fifth episode i ever did i because molly wasn't a part of the podcast yet we were not even dating we were just hanging out okay um but she came in that podcast and i was just shit faced you could just i had my sunglasses on you could just tell us fucked up and i was looking back and i was like god damn like like even if I did a podcast and I was fucked up, I would still do better than I did. Then. Of course, of course, there's <laughs> stepping stones. Yeah, yeah. I so yeah, I mean, I honestly, I encourage anyone to start a podcast. Yeah, I, there's a fucking million of them, and only like a third of them still do it. You know, any, anybody yeah. can do it. Get get a laptop and get a microphone, make a podcast. I appreciate Joey that. Joey Diaz does me. it off his phone. You know. Yeah. No, that's that's the plug right there. I think I might just do that. Fuck yeah, man. I'll have you on, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's the true purpose of me trying to get people to start podcasts. <laughs> so I can be their guest. <laughs> empire. Podcast empire. <laughs> so I can stroke my own So I can girl. be their guest. <laughs> I like that. I'm trying to be the Joe Rogan one, of the one. Yeah, one step ahead of the game. <laughs> you know, I have really thought about, like, uh, you know, I mean, I don't have money, so this probably wouldn't happen anytime soon. <laughs> One day, one, one day. Yeah, one day. This, no, this right, yeah. Yeah, but I, I really want to do like a like have like a podcast studio, like uh, yeah, you know, see. and like have like more like a network, you like can, a Des Moines podcast network. To, look, let's go. Do you are there are there any uh, or not any, but are there some podcasts in the area that you do connect with that are like yeah? Um, well, I don't really know about here locally in Des Moines, but yeah, um, Audible Farm. Confused Breakfast. Confused Breakfast is more of a on um, movie podcast, but they've actually really blown up on TikTok. They're, okay, they're like in the hundreds of thousands. For That's kids. awesome. They're crazy. Uh, Maybe you should get on TikTok. <laughs> Just real quick. I'm sure Molly could do it. <laughs> like, well, I, I am on TikTok. I do have clips. But okay, perfect. They just, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I follow I don't, you. I don't ever hit a K. That's okay. No, that's that, that that's not the metric, you know. It's just consistency because mm. eventually yeah. something you didn't even plan would just go crazy. That's true. We uh we just had a uh, we had a podcast last week. And I don't know. I feel like every time we do a podcast and I feel like it went terribly, it does really well. <laughs> so yeah. I walked away from last week's podcast like this is awful. Did you have that effect or the, this last one went well? Yeah, well no, I mean it, it went fine, but like I just walked away from it just thinking like, "Oh, I fucked up this way. Yeah. Like it just didn't but go this well." But like that episode was like we broke the record for live streams. That's and like fire. like we did a clip and like it blew up. It's just like, I don't See what I'm saying? That is, you probably you're probably just being just so transparent and yeah. genuine. 
even yeah. though you thought you were fucking up. <laughs> well, that's what I try to do, man. You know, I think that's what you can always tell when a podcast is fake as fuck. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there, there might as well be a fucking teleprompter. <laughs> for sure, for sure. When there's like a goal people have. For sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I am probably one of the. Especially in terms of like having hip hop artists, I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, that's like really doing it this consistently. That's not even like me sucking my own dick. That's just no, like, just like looking at what's here. Yeah, what no, I think like podcast studio. That sounds like a very like a good idea. You know, especially yeah. if it's like a mobile thing you can bring to places and like, mm, like that's Molly, a good point. like what's up, y'all? Like we're meeting at this location this week. Bring you like, get like a car or something. Yeah, get, like, a van. just have everybody. Yes, I, there's this one. I saw a podcast that. It, they um, steve-o does that does he, he goes yeah yeah he has a little rv okay yeah. so there's a lot of people doing it but yeah i think that like that could really you could like record live on some like at at sites of like festivals or anything like that like, that'd be fire <laughs> that would be tight the only problem uh is with everything is money no but that's, <laughs> and podcasts don't make see, a lot of money. But here, here's where i've i've thought these similar questions and that is definitely where like Maybe that's more of a community project, you know, like finding yeah. finding someone who's or finding an organization or um, that is trying to better their community and really packaging it in a way. Like think of all the growth, like the way that like you could teach classes, you could teach podcast yeah. classes. Like you could, there's so many ways you could really benefit the community and yourself. And I don't know if anybody would pay for me to <laughs> teach them a class. It's a fucking whack job. Up. You're gonna get there. <laughs> Just maybe on like the the seventy. Eight, or this is the 79th, 79th so episode the, yeah. maybe on the 80th episode <laughs> they'll start paying you for it uh, well, well if I just you know there are people that like do like the uh, like Sam Harris like he do like the entirely premium like people like the only way to listen to this podcast is pay for it like I just yeah. I could never envision myself doing that because I just know nobody would listen to it <laughs> oh it's okay no see that's but uh, you know you gotta give them that value so that so yeah. they should give them something worth paying for like definitely yeah. I, this has been I feel like we've, we've touched on some topics it's been like people could grow from this like fuck yeah fuck 100% yeah. and if you care about yourself and you're willing to invest in that from the viewer's perspective then you know they will support that thank you man thank you well you know I think the thing with podcasts is that you have to at least hit triple digits Got for you. episodes like I you know like I said like you know how only a third of the podcasts that are made are still actively doing it there's so many people that just just not doing it. There's right. like, you know, they put out ten episodes and they're done. Well, that already yeah. shaves the market down, so your competition just <laughs> went way flatter. Yeah. Um. I don't have any like inspiring things to say about that. I'm just insane. That's. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like, yep. <laughs> that can be a really good motivating factor because really, like, especially like if you look at artists, like people will toil for years putting songs together putting things together that no one that they don't know anyone's going to care about and then they just run to the right person or they have the right situation yeah and all of a sudden all that work they did is being monetized and so it's definitely like you know views can come after success they don't have to be the the the, the blueprint for success too yeah well interesting on that note uh mac miller <coughs> i can't my fucking voice uh, when he put out the uh, album Watching Movies at the Sound Off, yeah. he put like, he wrote like a hundred tracks for that album. Crazy. And whittled it down to 15, 16, however many it is, you know? See what I'm saying? That's what, yeah, that's why he, we could have Mac, Mac Miller albums for the rest of our lives dropping yeah. yearly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, the thing about the podcast, uh, 
almost kind of a cheat for it. I mean, it's not, but it is. Like, you could have 80 episodes that are awful. <laughs> and one two. of them's great, right? Yeah, but but that's without the without those 80, and that good one would not come. So it's like, which way yeah. you want? Which way you want to get it? Yeah. Well, and, and you you know, I think it's impossible to do something and get worse at it. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. Oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. The be- like worst case scenario the are the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think i think if anybody did 50 episodes of a podcast they would at least be a half decent podcast what are some of just to flip this question back towards you what are some of the elements in your eyes of what you would consider like a good podcast hmm. um i think uh being genuine yeah that's probably you, the biggest one that, yeah. i think i think if you can tell someone's kind of faking it yeah. um, it's just not a good podcast also, uh, this is really debate heavily debated. I think podcasts should be long form. I think that's the method. There, you know, there's certain people who, you know, are here that do like the you know the 15, 30 minute thing, and that's fine. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like that's kind of buying into the like what we were talking about, like the quick sure. of like TikTok. I feel like podcast is a really special place. It's for the people who want to listen to three hours of <laughs> you know people have a conversation, and you yeah. know kind of going into you know how media is and you know how things are edited and cut to favor things podcast that does, i mean if it's done right it doesn't happen like that yeah I you know. know okay so um that and also you know you have to have a good voice you have to be interesting um sure. you know they're like i said anyone can start a podcast so there are people who just you know they could be so delusional and just think that they're amazing and then it's like eh, right you know, you're all right but by that 50th episode we'll see yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, what was it? Uh, we I had a guest. Uh, uh, he'll remain nameless, I guess. I guess I'll give him a pass. But uh, uh, he was like talking about like how I only do an episode every month because I put I have to really think and really go through this positive pick out the artist. Like motherfucker, you here in Des Moines? Like nobody gives a shit. <laughs> just, right. just interview like people. Stage, like you know, about. you know, like we we've had people on this show that you know they're. Uh, you know they're not really they don't really have anything that interesting to bring to the table but that's the trial process there isn't yeah. really a way to determine until you've done you know, it yeah. yeah exactly for sure you have people that you know they have great music but you get them down they don't have shit to talk about yeah I can, I can see that I can see how yeah especially like thinking as like okay who am I going to interview that's a different type of thought process yeah than, like because conversations are something that we're able to avoid a lot more in life now like you can oh you can go like you you can go a lot of days without talking to anybody and get everything you need done (laughs) like is i feel like maybe podcasts would be somewhere those conversations can live like you said but like you know like going back to what i was saying before like that's the frustrating thing for me is like when those podcasts aren't interesting they'll seem to be the one that do the best you know yeah i feel that (laughs) i feel you damn it i feel that but it, you really, know, views don't matter. Yeah, it's, it's 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 just a process of finding your community because it's the internet. So there's there's a billion people in there, a couple, <laughs> a couple billion. Yeah, and yeah. so your market is out there. It's just like finding it. I think. Yeah. Well, and you know that it's good in a sense, but it's also in a way a disadvantage because I do focus on. Des Moines, Iowa. For not sure. Des, well, not necessarily Des Moines. Like Iowa-based. I have gone a little bit outside, but I really try to keep it in the Midwest yeah. at the very least. Yeah. And there, you know, I think that's a really good thing. I think we need more shows that do that, but 100%. at the same time, it is limiting. In yeah. A sense. No, I felt that hundred percent. And there's, um, 
Man, you need to. Do you watch Black with No Cream? Have you seen that no, one? No. So that is. Oh damn! What's his name? Ben. I think his name is Ben. But Black with No Cream is a podcast. This um, he's actually he he does a lot of video content. It's kind of his his main thing. Okay. But he he's from Iowa. Um, I think Cedar Falls. I want to say. Um, and he. In the last four five years. He moved out to LA and became Jay Z and Beyonce's behind the scenes videographer. So he was with them on the on the run tour. Like he's from Iowa. <laughs> like there are people here who be doing their thing. And his his podcast is he's out in LA, so he has that different type of access yeah. where he's mm-hmm. bringing in people who are like full time, um, do type of jobs like him. They're in the creative industry, um, and he talks about how you can like maintain a living off of this and how you can really really leverage your passion and turn it into something that's um productive in in that way as well so there's i was definitely like there's a treasure trove here for once you're able to dig and find those those pieces for sure yeah the challenge seems to be bringing the spotlight to here yeah that like and that type of thing is like it's gonna be hard to do because well maybe not hard to do but that requires i feel more like buy-in from des moines as a whole you know Mm -hmm. because la like there's a million reasons to go to LA. There's beaches, there's culture, there's museums, there's New York, there's history and culture and history. And Iowa needs to be better, I feel, at sharing with the rest of the world and the rest of the country what it is that happens here. Because if pe- people have no idea, like, if they can't Google you, it's kind of hard, it's really hard to find you. And if, I think Iowa as a state needs to have more of like a cohesive message that's being pushed yeah. in Des Moines. I think Des Moines is trying to insert in some aspects and there's like a soccer stadium that's coming i think in the next oh, 20 years no way. Huh. so in like 20 years maybe something will be going on we'll see huh no i, I mean i think i think that's the thing people need to remember too is they need to think in that scope yeah like 10, it's big picture years. stuff like when you talk yeah because these are things that take time to grow like when you're talking about like the uh, music scene it what you see is like a bunch of kids getting together and making music or something like that but what's actually happening is like all these steps being taken for the venue to be open and for people to come to the show so that the artists can get paid and for people to have that knowledge about the arts anyways it's like an industry like if you were trying to open up an oil refinery plant you'd have to have all those pieces there um and if you wanted to have an oil industry you'd have to have all these different buyers and all these i don't know whatever happens in oil and i think people need to look at it more systematically like that yeah where it's like if we want to do this like we gotta band together and support those places who are doing it in a good way yeah, well, and you know, across genres too. I think yeah. that's a big. Problem. Oh yeah, like the one's too small to to be, to have any type of division in it. If you wanna, yeah. yeah. Well, and you know that I think that's just a you know that's a big hurdle in Iowa. Is, you know, like we have people on here all the time. They think they're the goat, and like nobody else thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, it's like in Iowa. There's and in Iowa, it's hard to even. There's not even like. There isn't a goat in Iowa. It's hard. Yeah, there's not even a way to crown somebody. Like in New York, if or if you're like or. Just in general, if you're in the XXL magazine, you know you did something. You know you're yeah. making some kind of hype. In Des Moines, like, what's that equivalent? Like, well, you know, and that's been my thought going forward. Like, you know, if you know, working with other people who are doing this, like, you know, if we really want to grow things, we need some kind of metric to be able to determine, like, if we're doing it, who's yeah, if we're doing it like correctly, like, who's who's the person that's like really working for it, and who's the guy that just like 
has a laptop and they just like yeah and no sure. offense and there, no there should be room for everybody but there's got to be a dedicated group of people who are there's got to be a differentiate between someone who's been rapping for 20 years and somebody who's rapping for one depending on when you say differentiate well, I mean, I, mean I, I guess talents, you know, somebody could be talented after a year. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, there are seasoned artists who are, you know, they have projects they've performed. And then there are the people that have not quite hit that point. And I feel like in Iowa, feel, you know, I've yeah. seen it on the podcast, they're kind of all mixed in together. Yeah. And that's like, fine. They're kind of like gatekeepers. Like someone. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I, think I, I see what you're saying. And, you know, they're there's problems with that and that might kind of go against the iowa vibe but i mean if you yeah, really want to have a I've, outlook yeah. of you know actually succeeding you need that metric to a point 100 percent. i think that venue i told you about xbk is definitely a place that is seeking to have that like they really try to they're very intentional with yeah. the shows that they do attract well yeah i mean and like you know when i have people on for podcasts like i'm like i want to listen to your music right like i'm not just like if someone wants to come on and be an artist, but they don't have any music, like you're not coming on. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> so. I, I think that like access to the internet has shown us like all these different, all these different things that you can do, and like people think that's what being an artist is or that, but it's really just making your art, and then from there, that's when everything comes. Like whatever you are, I think I, I also believe everybody's an artist. I think that mm. people just sometimes don't know what their art is yet, what their form, what their, even in, not even like art, I think that there's art in how people code and there's art in, it could be art in the way you sweep a room. Like literally, like, that's something the internet's shown us, like just creativity is the art, you know, whatever mm. you creatively are doing, that's something that you can. See Molly, you're an artist. Your art. That's what I'm saying. No, like it, you can't. Like if a chef is an artist, there's no way to tell oh, a race yeah, car yeah, driver definitely. they're not an artist or a basketball player they're not an artist in the way that they're creatively able to put things together. You know. Yeah. You know the unfortunate thing about being a you know a artist a chef is it's you know there isn't really a lot of length in your <laughs> in your creations. You and you said it's art, digest- yeah, no, it's digested it's, pretty quick. Right, a hundred percent. But if you're the chef that made the first like the recipe for the McDouble. And your your creation is gonna last for a long time. Yeah, how how good is that motherfucker sitting right now? The guy that made the McDouble, you know. Well, have you seen the movie The Founder? I have not. You know, I lost interest. I couldn't get into it, but it was pretty good movie. It's fascinating. You learn that, like, yeah, Ray Kroc really, and anyone who just knows the story better, really kind of took what was already like a great burger product and made it such a enterprise in a whole different way than what the actual McDonald brothers. Yeah we're doing so i'm not sure but yeah whoever made the mcdouble is probably them and their children are probably living pretty well right now yeah it's like the wall for this like if not someone got really screwed out of a deal (laughs) which is what happens 50 percent of the time (laughs) have you ever seen the map of how many mcdonald's are in the u.s i have not oh my god pull that shit up just a thousand yeah you like you can't even see the country like it's like what is this blob full of mcdonald's like it's ridiculous yeah, McDonald's. Mc, no, there. I've I've seen that McDonald's is one of the biggest like real estate owners. Just in oh yeah, yeah. dude, they're gonna they, be here forever, man. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, that's not as fun as I. Oh wait, it's that one. It's that one. The one that your curse is over. I believe. Yep. Oh, yep. Nice. <laughs> wow. So, uh, what? Nevada and. North Dakota is okay, but <laughs> that's not it. Oh, that's every. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just tripping, but 
No, no, McDonald's is definitely. Oh, well, okay. I guess that's pretty. Ac- I mean, that's at least accurate. You can just see, like, you know, it's ridiculous. McDonald's <laughs> everywhere. That's my biggest takeaway today. Uh, do you, Do you think uh, Do you think McDonald's should be sued for obesity, mass obesity? <laughs> should be sued, man. That's a That's a question. I don't know if they could. Mm. Not really, but I mean, I don't know it, if they could be sued. I definitely would say like there needs to be better guidelines on. Would that be is that the FDA? That's in food. Yeah, product. yeah. I think the FDA needs to do the job of protecting the consumers. I don't think it's McDonald's responsible. Well. <laughs> I don't know. Too deep a question. I think they should be sued. I don't think they they. I doubt that it would be easy to bring that suit. They got sued for hot time. coffee, you know. Right. So, no, that's a good point. So I'm probably just this. That lawsuit's probably already happening. Maybe there's enough animosity from everyone in general. Just yeah. <laughs> just take them out. Just everyone just goes to Burger King. Yeah. Uh, um. I wanted to ask you, so you said you went to ISU. Uh, we actually have an ISU alumni here in the studio with us, Molly Reddit. Hey, Molly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what, what have been your experiences going to ISU? Uh, did, do you have any fun anecdotes or stories? I like. I grew up in, you know, I said I grew up in Northwest Iowa, and it was. It's really weird because it seemed like a lot of people there migrated to ISU, and then I moved here, and everyone here is like a Hawkeye fan, and that's like yeah. all the way over there. It's yeah. Weird. But I, what, what, uh. I don't know. Have you, did you ever do any like crazy parties or anything nuts like that in ISU? It's always notorious for that. Um, when I dropped out was kind of when I oh. went to a few parties. I, I'm really not not a huge party person. I like I like community, and I learned that I like community, but I might not like parties that much. So community like, up to a point. Up to, <laughs> right, up to a specific type. So my fr- like my freshman year, I liked the hall that I was in and the people I was staying with and over at Barton Hall. My roommate, Jack Wanarka, we had a great time for sure. Um, but then I left school right after that, so like my experience stopped. I'm from Ames, grew up in grew up in okay. Ames, so I've been around it, you know, the school my whole life. Uh, but I really I was studying agriculture at the time and didn't really like the agriculture route very much. So taking time off was great. And now that I'm back in school, I'm really liking. I'm in the College of Design now, and it's a much better fit. And um, have good uh, not supervisors, but Jordan Brooks, my MLO multicultural liaison off no that's not, he's not even that I'm not sure I'd be forgetting what your what Jordan's role is but like um knowing some of the people on staff there in the college of design and having more people I can connect with has been better for me coming back when I was first there I really felt it was kind of hard for me to find out find my place in the school and what I wanted to do um but now that I'm back with a better focus it's definitely been it's been better but I don't like I don't have like all night rager <laughs> Sorry, like no, that. No. Uh, I, I, you know, I partied a little bit in college, but not really. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I appreciate. You know, I agree with that sentiment because I personally myself dropped out of college and now I'm back in. Yeah. I feel like when you go the, I mean, ideally you just wouldn't go the first time and the second. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. The real second, you know, the second time would be the real first time and you'd be focused. But 100. percent You know, I. I like I definitely, you know, I've always been someone who's hated school. And yeah. Always, I've never been able to focus. I always did bad on tests. Yeah. And I feel like in the last couple of years, I've finally found something. Like I finally, I, I'm in video production. Okay. Fire. That's what I'm doing. Awesome. Um, I feel like that's finally something that like I can do well in academically, and it just like it. I just I meld that's really well with that. See, that I I I'm glad to hear that, and I definitely feel very similarly in what I'm with. Community studying community regional planning. It's like once you find out that thing that you actually want to do, 
it's it's not like an extra thing to work on. You want to work on it anyways. They're just guiding it for you. I think that I wish that the system wasn't so like you go to high school, you go to college. I think it can be, especially community college. Community college could save your life. Like like some people they'll go to transfer to another state, paying however much money, um, and not even know what they want to do yet. And I think that if 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 we more people took advantage of community colleges as as a way to ease into college. I think there'd be a lot less stories like ours where we had to, where we left and had to like refocus and find what we wanted. But it's definitely for anyone out there who is contemplating dropping out. Just go ahead and do it, and then you can always come back later. <laughs> yeah, that's you know I think those people are still going to be ultimately better off than the people who like just stick with it and then they're like 10 years in the career like fuck what am i doing right like i hear you know you meet a lot of people who got the degree got the job worked it for years and didn't like it and then you know i had to go and do something else and yeah i definitely didn't want that to be my story that's always been one of my greatest fears right so i think it was it was literally like almost as much being afraid of doing the wrong thing as of doing like nothing at all like i'd almost rather do nothing than the wrong thing yeah I think everyone should take that's that's maybe not good advice (laughs) (laughs) um i think everyone should take a year off in between high school and college uh because it's the same but it's also different in a way 100 percent. you know i i think i think getting that real world like working a job and like really when you discover that how bad that is then you're more motivated i i 100 (laughs) percent i echo that one thousand percent i like i had odd jobs in high school and stuff like that but i didn't have like a steady steady type of job until like um, until our first year college or until i especially when i left school then it was like okay well gotta pay rent so let's do something Mm -hmm. yep and well yeah once you see how hmm you can be anything you want in the world but your options without your options are kind of limited if you don't have you know, if you don't have much to back your play, if you don't have a trade, if you don't have a skill, if you don't have connection, if you don't have something. So you, yeah. you got to do something. And I definitely agree that you, only the real world can teach that lesson. Like school is always going to, at least the way it, it's, it's, it's ran here, it's still a closed environment. And there's a, you can you can still kind of be a yeah. bit mistaken about what it's like outside of there yeah i mean i don't i don't think you need college to succeed necessarily oh, but i think it works not. well for a lot of people yeah i mean this is the way that the way that things are set up like if you want one of the jobs that already exists you probably yeah. <laughs> a degree is definitely going to help you yeah and especially as as um you know people are hiring from all around the world for you know a lot of roles so the the bar kind of keeps rising on education yeah, like a high yeah. school degree does not a diploma does not mean what it used to do. like oh no no they, and, and our associates and a bachelor's they don't mean the same thing as they used to and yeah it is important to kind of you got to keep up in one way or another if not keep up you got to find your way through that tide because you know there's a system that's set up for deciding how success works too yeah man uh you know, it's, it, it is kind of interesting, though, going into, like, you know, the world of the Internet, like, how much value school is going to have yeah. in 10, 20 you years. Can teach, you can teach yourself everything. Yeah. Well, Elon Musk, for example, to, yeah, he, he's publicly said, like, you know, you don't need, like, you don't need to have a college degree for me to hire you. Yeah. Like, I just need to be able to see that you can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's interesting. I like that a lot because there's so many other routes to developing knowledge, like, 
real world experience or watching YouTube videos or whatever. Yeah. Like the internet has decentralized everything so much that like it used to be all everything was typed up in books, so you had to go to where the books are. And if the books mm-hmm. and the libraries are on the colleges. But now it's it's online. <laughs> so you yeah. can you can tap in for anywhere. It's interesting, man. It's a uh, it's a wild. I think it's, we have a wild ride coming. In I do. I agree. <laughs> like we've already uh, experienced a lot of like political yeah. chain, economic change, and upheavals during our lives. Maybe not as directly as people who lived through things like the Great Depression or World War Two. But but, but you know what but though, like, like a bunch of other things. But you <laughs> but know like, what though, like I think I think you. C- this might sound egotistical, but I think you could compare our generation to that. We are, we are at very young age going through going things, through a lot of things, insane. Like the yeah. country is changing, yeah. laws are changing, things are changing. Hundred percent, I I hear that. I, I think we have potential. Yeah, I I think that w- once maybe we get to that age, we're able to like look back at everything and be more like, wow, that stuff is not normal. <laughs> but like at this point, like that kind of is our normal like you kind of expect to not be able to afford a house without landing a really really good job (laughs) like or not maybe not really really but either working your ass completely off or finding something nicer you know you have to have a level of success yeah like it's not you can't you're not allowed just to live in a society which is really sad and it's very much like something that should be motivating (laughs) and be like okay well i might you know i might never be yeah I don't know that 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 American dream question always you know comes up. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I'll I'll preach what Hunter S. Thompson called in like what 1972. I think it's dead, man. Hundred <laughs> percent. I, I think that it. Yeah, I think it was it never existed for a large segment of society. Mm. Yeah, that's and true. That's true. For the ones that did exist to it was it's always been dominated by the ones at the top, and I agree. Yeah, I'm it's a rat race, man. I'm trying to see what it's like outside the borders. Hell yeah. Well, you know, I think at the end of the day, all we can do is do things like music, podcasting, the things that make us happy and, you know, focus on community and... 100%. That's all anyone can do. Things are crazy. 100%. Like, self-care and healing that comes from from all those things. So then you're able to kind of handle, because handle the things that happen to you and then move to make changes as well. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Cub, this has been a fucking awesome episode. We're almost at the two-hour mark, so look at us going crazy on the McAllister yeah. hours. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, it's always good spot. Thanks for having me. I, you know, I'm so sorry I was late today. Oh, which that <laughs> that's like that. very authentic me because I'm I'm late to everything. <laughs> so I'm glad at least that I was able to keep that consistent. But well, at least you communicated with me and actually showed up because hey. the summer has been fucking awful. We've really? had so many fucking people drop out. Like people, like people. I, there was a motherfucker I was talking to the morning of the podcast. Podcast. And I was yeah. like, "You coming today?" He's like, "Yeah." And I sent another thing. He just never responded. Never showed. Like, no, people... The same day, motherfucker. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh damn it! <laughs> if it was like you would responded a month ago, and you didn't, I would at least like, okay, you probably just forgot. But like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? That's gonna be an interesting episode when y'all do get lined up for that. I'll be, I'll be sure to tune in. <laughs> you just screaming at someone for like an hour. <laughs> We did an episode, like, a couple episodes ago where I just opened up, I'm like, fuck all of you. Fuck all these motherfuckers. Which episode? Maybe you don't want to name it. I'll I'll check. I'll probably be able to find the one. (laughs) 
It, it might have just been in the intro. I was just like, you know what, man? Like, fuck all you motherfuckers. Like, oh, I want to come on the podcast because he has a camera oh, okay. and a microphone. Like and, blasting the, yeah. yeah, I yeah. feel you. I'm just, I'm just a dick. So. <laughs> it's time to keep a vindictive rage going. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know. My forte of podcasts are like people like Tim Dillon, Joe Rogan, people who are like really like, you know, Got you. they don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. fuck you, you know? Yeah. They're not willing to, they are, you know, they're not afraid to say what they're thinking. I like that. Even if it's like, even if people shock it, like, oh, well, it's a fucking podcast. I, I, we talk for three hours every day. Like, <laughs> right. Get you over know, it. <laughs> I, I, I think that, that, especially like you said, being out in Iowa, I think that this is a, a location for it that maybe doesn't, it doesn't have much access to that type of material. Like, yeah, a, something that's actually coming from here. So I think that that's important. Thank you, man. I like your logo too. It's like a, it's like a late night type of like yeah cars, neon yeah. signs the vibe that i get it's cool hell yeah if my if my schedule allowed it i would definitely try to do like a late night podcast but i work yeah. nights, unfortunately got so. you that's gotta be tough can't do that um cub it's been a pleasure do you have anything else you want to talk about or mention before you tap out or august 20th centipede drops on spotify my you can find me on spotify k.u.b. that's cub k.u.b. i'm on instagram at kub underscore bucha like kombucha but spelled with cub so k-u-b underscore b-u-c-h-a definitely go to lonelygrave.com check out the blog um outside of that i'm working on this this uh public art project actually i'm helping to manage called um downtown des moines adventure stories so that is going to be like an interactive storytelling experience in downtown des moines so if you see some like art installations that you didn't notice there before definitely go check them out they're gonna have qr codes that are gonna take you to this story oh, that's nice. super cool Fuck so yeah. downtown des moines adventure stories coming to downtown des moines middle august through september and that's i think that's what i got for right now awesome man it's been awesome to be here thanks so much fuck yeah man uh pleasure to have you on a very very bright talented individual and i think we had a great conversation i'd love to have you back on sometime i'd love that and i appreciate it thank you this is uh i love the form this Fuck conversation yeah. that's awesome oh yeah you know joe rogan's always been the i, I know every, literally every single person who's ever done a podcast is joe rogan's, joe rogan's this, inspiration this yeah but i mean like he really i really try to cultivate like this really chill vibe you can literally talk about anything yeah um you know not to criticize any other podcasters but i feel like a lot of them are structured so i always try to be i always try to be a free form talk about where the fuck you want uncensored i, I don't I, care i like that a lot because that really lets the person be the person Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have Ames, the guy that I uh, mistaken when you were talking about the town Ames. <laughs> oh, you said Brandon Ames? Yeah. Yes, oh. I know Brandon Ames. Yes. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. His name's Brandon Anderson. Okay. His, uh, his, uh, his, his uh, rap name is Ames. Um, <clears throat> but he's a cool guy. I'm going to uh, watch the episode. Yeah, sorry. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned next weekend. Live at 3, as always. Cub, been a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Peace out, everybody. Have a good night. Boom. That is the episode, everybody. That is a wrap. Thank you for tuning in today with Cub. Uh, Terrific time. Uh, Hell of a guest. Um, You know, hell of a guest as what we usually have on the show. We don't have anything else. We don't have anything else besides um, bomb-ass guests. That's the only thing we have. Um, Not true, but. Uh, gotta sell it right stay tuned next weekend we're gonna have Ames on that podcast like I said not to be confused with Ames Iowa like I thought um Ames the rapper <laughs> um good friend Brandon he's been he's been on the episode before uh 
uh, or the podcast before. All right, everybody. Peace. Have a good night. Enjoy yourselves. All that. Adios, motherfuckers. <laughs>